0: Peanuts. Peanuts.
1: And now, monumental sports and entertainment along with Pressbox presents stand the fans bat around. For the next two hours, listening as Stan and Craig Heist bat around all manner of topics pertaining to the great game of baseball with their great group of guest contributors. Feel free to tweet your questions to Stan at Stan the Fan. Now sit back and enjoy the bat around, guys. Take it away. And for the first time in a couple
2: weeks, I can actually say, guys, because my man Craig Heist is here, along with Brittany Everett in the uh, the den.
3: Now, let last night yes. I hop on Facebook. And there's a picture of Bonza's mom I saw, I with saw the microphone.
0: I saw this, too. All right.
3: And I said underneath it, I said, well, at least somebody in the family knows how to run a mic. <laughs> a Absolutely. And
0: how then you got going? him with the driving.
3: Yeah, yeah. And I said, I'm sure really? she drives, dude.
2: <laughs> you got
0: them on both
2: counts. <laughs> That's all right. All right. Well. At a
3: reasonable rate of speed. Yeah. <laughs>
2: now, I forgot what country... Bonza's heritage is.
3: And I'm with you on that. I yeah. do not do not know. Oh
2: boy, they got some names. Yes, what, they do. What is his mom's name? Like, Hukipo or something? Uh, you know. It's just. You, you it's have it's any a, idea, Britt? It's just I a different. I don't know.
0: I've never met his family, actually.
2: Yeah, You know, it's a, just a different culture. It is. Yeah,
3: absolutely.
0: Yeah,
2: right? right? yeah. It's interesting because I, had, would think, I would think you'd <laughs> be the one that wouldn't want him to meet your family. <laughs> oh, right? well. All right. You're not going I'm there. I'm not going You're there,
3: not there going no. I'm not going there.
2: Anyway, how are you? Welcome aboard uh, for a Saturday morning foray into the uh, world of baseball, otherwise known as the Bat Around. And Britt, do you know which one of these that I'm tied to? Because I can't hear a single word I'm saying. Out. Hold on, yeah. testing. There, there we go. There we go. Okay, now I can hear myself. I couldn't, couldn't hear myself think. Sometimes it's a good thing. <laughs> now we're in trouble. All right, the battle round is here. We got an interesting show for you this morning. Rich Dubarf, Rich Dubroff of uh, baltimorebaseball.com, formerly of Pressbox, formerly of Comcast uh, SportsNet, is going to join us at 10:20. Then he will be followed by Brian Sinkoff, who's an award-winning real estate agent in the Albany, New York area, and you might say, "Well, what the hell does that qualify him to be on our show?" Well, Brian Sinkoff is a uh, 20-year veteran of broadcasting, and he worked here at WJZ as a sports producer back in the mid-'90s, and he was also a score updater for Stan the Fan, and he's uh, still a frequent contributor to Spectrum Sports TV out of the Albany, New York area, and he's been a sports anchor In six markets, including Clarksburg, West Virginia, Scranton, PA, Norfolk, Virginia, and Albany, New York. So he's had a varied career, and he's still a big Orioles baseball fan. There you go. So he wants to come on and talk to us about the Orioles. At 11.05, we'll be joined by somebody. uh, Craig, you'll get a kick out of this. And so will you, Britt? Um, I'm wearing an Isotope. Do you know the uh, Albuquerque Albuquerque? isotopes T-shirt? And I'm at Boog's Barbecue in Sarasota, and a gentleman walks up to me, probably about my age, and you're too younger or older, says, are you an Isotopes fan? And I'm like, first of all, I'm going, Isotopes? And then I look down, and I said, oh, you mean the, the, yeah, he goes, yeah, I own the Isotopes. And oh, I said, wow. oh, that's great. And he introduces himself, so he says, I also own the Norfolk Tides. So then, you know how I do those... Uh, Photos on Instagram and Facebook of my first hot dog of the year. So my first hot dog of the year this year at an Orioles game at their home park was at Boogs Barbecue. And I asked Ken Young and his general manager, Joe Gregory, at Tidewater to take the picture of me biting into the first dog. And that's how I got met Joe Gregory, and he's going to be on the show today. Great relationships always
3: start that way. With a hot dog. With a hot dog. Nothing like that. Nothing like nothing like that. First of all... Let's tell everybody, yeah, that if you are watching us on Facebook to like and share us. I'm going to do that right and now. And you should and uh, to make sure because that's how I'd
2: like f- to get seriously. It's not asking the world. Let's get double digit <laughs> likes and shares, okay? Yeah. We usually get 6 or 7, which is a good which is a good number for 2 hours on a Saturday morning because it seems like it's like moving mountains to get people to hit the like and share mm-hmm. buttons. But let's get double digits today and all see right. what that does all right like there we go i liked it as much as i don't like it i liked it and we are broadcasting from the live casino hotel studios right nailed it That's, you nailed it i nailed it i got it in before you because i saw you yeah. look at it yeah saying stan hasn't mentioned that
3: right yet. and i think we should like once yeah, twice every,
2: every hour because yeah. they help pay the bills uh, you you jumped in to say that, and you were very right in doing that because otherwise we could have gone an hour without me mentioning it. But finally, uh, a teacher Brittany Everett is mm-hmm. our last guest of the um, of the day today. Now
3: we can get into the real dirt. Right, the real. We can find <laughs> out what she
2: was really like yeah. in college. Ron Snyder, okay, uh, who we know in the media. He also authored the book uh, Season to Forget the story of the 1988
3: Baltimore Orioles. Okay, He's going to join us today, all a right. season you and I both remember all too well. Yeah, and you know, that was my first full year of covering the Orioles uh, all home games. So you were the reason. I <laughs> was the reason, but that was the first full year right? Uh, that we did that. And, uh, yeah. I, and r- I remember a lot about that 0-21 start, and uh, the only thing that we were really worried, w- wondering about, was when they went on the road trip, whether they were going to come home still Uh, 0-22 maybe, you know.
2: Well, the manager didn't make it past 0-7, I believe. 0-6. 0-6. Yeah. Frank Robinson took over. But you know what? One of the things I remember, I remember it vividly. Fantastic fans night, which they had set up whether the team had come back with a win or not. And I believe they had 54,000 fans there. On Fantastic Fans Night. The place was packed. The place was packed. Do you remember who the starting pitcher was for the Orioles that night? I do not. I'll give you his initials. J.T. Oh, J. Tibbs. That's
3: who started that game.
2: And that was the night that William Donald Schaefer was down on the field. And Mr. Williams, Edward Bennett williams was too ill to come down. He was up in his box Waving to the crowd, and that's the night that they signed the, the deal lease for Camden Yards that allowed them to get the funding for Camden Yards
3: in right. place. That's you know? Right, pretty amazing stuff. Pretty amazing stuff, and uh, started in '92, and it's still probably uh, one of the top five crown jewels of baseball. Yeah, no question about that. No question about. It. So we got an
2: interesting show for you today: Rich Dubroff, Brian Sinkoff, General Manager of the Tidewater Tides or Norfolk Tides, excuse me, Joe Gregory and Ron Snyder will join us. so we will be all over the map. Please like and share the program. Orioles got an uh, unwanted uh, night off last night. They bumped that game pretty early, about 3.30 in the afternoon. Yeah, and it's a
3: good thing they did. Because Because there was no
2: way they were going to play last night.
3: Well, no, not really. And, you know, you could have uh, played through the raindrops uh, uh, early on in that game. But with the – and I think what put it over the top for everybody was the – Tornado uh, warnings. The tornado warnings and watches that were out. I mean, there's no reason to be coming out to the ballpark and and risking life and limb uh, yep. to, to watch a baseball game when you know severe weather's in the area.
2: All right, so we had that last night. They announced a, and I want to be clear, because somebody asked you, and you answered it, and you were correct. If you have a ticket for today's game, mm-hmm. that is good for both games. Right. The uh, first game is at 4 o'clock. Second game will take place about 20 to 30 minutes after the first game. But if you had a ticket for last night's game, now you can show up at the ballpark and exchange it for a ticket today, but because it would be too confusing with people possessing the same ticket for two dates, right? they don't allow last night's game ticket to be your ticket
3: today. Right, exactly. And uh, as as my colleague Phil Woods said yesterday, Yes? Uh, it's the best thing in baseball. Two for the price of one. Yeah,
2: doesn't and get much better. It does than not
3: a... get much better than that. A traditional doubleheader. You don't see them very much anymore, uh, unless they're out of necessity. I
2: think baseball would really be extremely wise to if they can't shorten the the number of games from one sixty two, one yeah one sixty two down to say one forty four or one fifty. They certainly could shape. They could shave the number of days you play right. by, say, six or eight, by having six or eight doubleheaders, conventional doubleheaders.
3: Absolutely. Now,
2: look, for certain teams that sell out every night, that
3: would be, to be blunt, it would be pretty stupid to do. Well, you, you know. know what? The, the day-night doubleheaders, right. and, and if, if memory serves, right. basically started at Fenway. Because of the because small of crowd s- capacity s- and you sell right. out crowds, right? And back in the day, before the monster seats, before right. the upper deck, and I, I call it an upper deck, it's hardly an upper deck, but the renovations at the top of the stadium, that place held 33000 right. for day games, 35000 for night games because of the tarp they put over center field for day games okay. for, for a batter's, for batter's eye. eye. Right. right. And uh, so that's basically where that got started. And uh, obviously, other teams oh, hey, two gates? Are you kidding me? This yeah. sounds like a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. But most, most cities,
2: I, I don't think they're a necessity. I think you could play a f- three or four doubleheaders in each market, yep. uh, conventional doubleheaders. By the way, speaking of schedules, all right, yeah. I know we're a baseball talk show. Did you see the Tampa Bay
3: Buccaneers football schedule? I did not. Did you hear about it? I have not. I know, th- they, I know the- that the Ravens are home away, home away, home away, right. that kind of thing, all the way through. Right. And you very rarely see that happen. Can you click
2: real quick because you're faster with this than I am. Yeah. Click on Tampa Bay Buccaneers' 2019 schedule. They have a home game. I don't know if they play at home week one or two, but essentially, Craig, they have a home game on week three. They do not play at home again until week 10. And Um, they have trips to Seattle, Los Angeles, and London. I I, I just have never heard of anything like that before where a team, that doesn't even begin to explain why they wouldn't have a home game from week 3 to week 10.
3: You're right, it wouldn't. Uh, And I don't know. Let me see if I can do this any better than just a Google uh, Okay. Anyway,
2: CBS did a big write-up on my fantasy thing. I mean, CBS Sports website did a thing that the schedule maker wishes he had one redo. Well, I would advise him to redo that. That is really a competitive uh, cluster, you know what. Uh, That that is terrible, um, you know, for the fans there.
3: Yeah. Have you
2: taken a Uh, peek at it? I have not, but it's uh, a
3: little slow loading because the Internet here is so fabulous. Okay. (laughs) That's okay. All right. Anyway,
2: uh, as I said, it was a football topic on a baseball show. Um,
3: Craig, last night the Nats—they are home against San Francisco to start week one. Week one. Then they're at Carolina. They're home against the Giants. And what's the
2: date of the the, like September twenty second? The third. The second home game.
3: Uh, the second home game is September the 12th, so that's eight, So that's a Thursday night game.
2: Wait a minute, that's the second home game is September
3: yes. 12th? Yeah, it's a Thursday night game. So they have September the 8th on Sunday, September the 12th, Thursday night game. Okay. Uh, and that's at Carolina. Then they're home against the Giants. On, well, that, that's the date. On day.
2: the 22nd. 22nd. Right, and then, when's their next home
3: game? Well, the uh, Carolina Panthers uh, is in London. That's the problem. You have the London game in there. And then they're at Tennessee. Then they have the bye week. Then they're at Tennessee, at Seattle. Then they're home on week ten against the Arizona Cardinals.
2: Okay. So what happened to weeks four, five, six, seven? I heard like four games, and they got well. Two you home have games. you
3: have you have the Rams, and the Saints. On the road, right. You have the Panthers in London, right. You have the bye week in week seven, right. Then you're at Tennessee, at Seattle, and they're home on uh, Sunday, November the 10th against the Cardinals. So they go from September 22nd or uh, 19th? No, September 29th against the Rams, right? At LA, and then they're not. No, re- I'm saying when was their pr- prior home game to the Ram game?
2: The Giants on September twenty second, so they go from September twenty second to November the tenth. Tenth, yeah. you don't think that that's excessive? They go seven seven weeks without a home game.
3: Well, yeah, and and one of them has to you have to fly across the water.
2: One of them's technically their home game in London, but that
3: doesn't allow. That, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. Right, and then uh, let's see, when they come back from now off of that, they're at home against the Saints. Right. Then, then they have back-to-back road games against the Falcons and the Jags. Right. Home against the Colts at Detroit. Home against Houston and then home against the Falcons. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's hey, a bit of long stretch without being in your home place. Yes, that's for
2: sure. And a lot of travel too. <sighs> travel to London. Travel to Los Angeles. Travel to Seattle. Okay. Uh, that's a very screwed up schedule. Yes, it oh. is. And the league. The league schedule makers admitted as much, saying he'd like to have a redo on that.
3: Yeah, I'll bet he would. Well, and I well, mean, they
2: ran they run thousands of possibilities. Well, look, the, it's,
3: it's the, no different than here in Baltimore. Uh, you, you know, all Raven fans basically bitch about the schedule, right? Uh, and and a lot of it had to do with having too many home games early and then playing four last yeah, five on the road. Like, but nothing like this. I know. Go, but I, going from week I three, mean, every, three to every, ten every without team, a home game. Every team's going to have – I mean, it just so happens that they've got their – they could substitute the home game with what is a home game right. over in London. But and they it,
2: couldn't have snuck in one more home game between there? Like, instead yeah. of playing Tennessee on the road, they couldn't have come home right. from London and then had, like, you know, a game. Uh, it's just crazy. Yeah. I know – Look, listen, I know – I know that domino. Probably, if you try to help them, you probably make it unfair for, for somebody, somebody else. else. Right, but that, that seemed excessive to me. Anyway, I thought the Ravens' schedule. Did you
3: look at as the Redskins' schedule? A pretty even. Uh, yeah, they've got a couple at home, back to back. Couple on right. the road, back to back. We don't have any of that. We have every no, other every thing. other week. The only
2: tricky part, and maybe you know it better than I. Does four games
3: in eighteen days sound excessive to you? Mm, no, not really, because I mean, that's happened in the past. okay, That's certainly happened in the past because you have Thursday night games, you have Sunday night games, right? Monday game. I mean, right. you know, well we have the game against the Rams, mm-hmm. then we come, I, I forgot I have it in front of me,
2: but they play four games in eighteen days because they play they come home from Los Angeles, they have a game. Then they go to Buffalo and then have a Thursday game coming back. Mm -hmm. So they've got a a rough patch there, four games. But what that that patch does is make the rest of the schedule really pretty soft in terms of travel and logistics. Yeah,
3: and favorable,
2: I would think. Yeah, I think it is. I think it's a fairly decent schedule. Now, Glenn was all up in arms about he thought it was actually, I'm not sure he used the word stupid, but thought that playing, having the Ravens play the Steelers in Week 17 is a little bit of a risk that both teams are kind of in the playoffs and won't really, you know, be firing with all cylinders. I don't know. Okay, I
3: haven't thought that out that that well. That was really weird. What? What was? Well, I typed in BaltimoreRavens and, and I'm porn, on the web. Page. And porn came up. No, and I'm on the web. Well, it might as well have been because <laughs> I'm on the web page. Yes. But before I went to the web page, or it clicked over to the web page, there was a thing that said, "This site uh, is unsafe to use <laughs> with content." <laughs> what site was that? The Baltimore Ravens. com, And then it flipped over to the Where Ravens page. So okay. Okay. that was very, very strange indeed. All right. All right. Uh, anyway,
2: uh, Nats, they played in Miami last night. They got their game in there. Yeah. Well, uh, and they, they lost. Yeah. And uh, there's a roof down there. And it rained in Miami last yeah, night. Yeah. yeah, I bet it did. Um, your thoughts on the
3: Nats start this season? Well, what are they nine and nine? They're nine 18? and nine. They've uh, starting pitching's been pretty good, and actually, about what they'd expect. Starters going deep. They've had bullpen issues. Uh, last night, uh, they got into the sixth inning. Sanchez pitched pretty San- well. Sanchez pitched pretty well. You're getting what you want out of him, and it's a one-one game. What hurt the Nationals last night was the fact that they went one for seven with runners in scoring position. That said. Uh, they loaded the bases against Sanchez. He walked a batter to give the Marlins the lead, and then Matt Grace came out of the bullpen and hit the next batter, Curtis right. Granderson, right. And a lefty-lefty matchup, and that forced in the third run. So it's 3-1. Brian Dozier hits a home run a little later on to cut the lead to one, and they couldn't get uh, couldn't get it done in the, in the ninth inning. Yeah. All right.
2: By the way, did you hear the news about Eric? uh, Not Eric, Jacob Degrom. Yeah, Jacob
3: Degrom. He's going to have an an MRI MRI on his elbow, and uh, we talked about this a little bit yesterday uh, on the Mid Atlantic Sports Report. Is the fact that you know, you know, here's a guy that certain scouts have said would run into this problem because he never dials it down. Right. And you know, and I'm always of the opinion that. You do what you need to do because if you try to vary some things, sometime that's when you hurt yourself. Yeah. So, but let's see what let's see, let's what, the see what the MRI shows. Says, right? All right. Speaking of MRIs, we have our
2: resident baseball doctor on, mm-hmm. Doctor Rich StuBrough. <laughs> Rich, how
1: are you? I'm great, Stan. How are you? Did you?
2: Like what I did there, calling you a doctor of baseball?
1: Well, no, I think my brother uh, would be who's a, a real doctor. Actually, yeah, beard. I was going to say that. Yeah.
2: Um, anyway, thank you for joining in on the program. How are things going at BaltimoreBaseball.com, which you took over last July?
1: Yeah, I think things are uh, things are going pretty well. Uh, I think you uh, people seem to be interested in in this rebuild. Uh, it's a very uh, very interesting uh, first couple of weeks of the regular season, following an interesting spring training and an interesting off season.
2: It, it has been interesting. I sense there's a lot of interest out there as well, and I'm sure your numbers support that. Ours certainly do on on the content viewing side of things. What is the – and I get it. I mean, you know, uh, things, things are expensive. There's a lot of different entertainment options. Do you think this attendance thing this summer, uh, on weeknights especially, is going to be a challenge?
1: Oh, I, I think it – it is and and it has been the last few years Stan. you know monday to thursday crowds last year were very low and they're lower still so far this year and i'm afraid that's uh you know that that's going to continue and of course uh most of it will be attributed to the uh you know to, to the ball club and, and it's standing Right. but we all know that there are uh you know that there are other issues uh you know the 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 incorrect perception that downtown is dangerous and that right. the area that Oriole park and the area around it is. And that's, that that's a perception that's uh, much bigger than the, than the Orioles. And, uh, you know, they're, they're, the attendance trends, as you know, started going down even when they were, uh, even when they were playing well in 2016. Yep. So no, no question that
2: things are so, so yeah.
1: going to be, you know, that that's going to be a challenge. And, I, you know, eventually when they start playing well and and attendance ticks up, hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully that'll be behind us. Or it, as John Angelos would say, that problem will come and that problem, problem will go. go. Yep.
3: Yeah. Uh, hey, Rich, let me ask you this in terms of just the team in general, some things I want to kind of delve into. Cedric Mullins and his struggles. Now, the other night in Tampa we see him make a great diving catch, uh, which, uh, you know, at the time – Turns out to be a pretty big play in that ball game, uh, but he is uh, hitting like 097 or whatever it is to this point. Uh, what is what is Hyde's uh, plan for him going forward, and how much rope does he have?
1: Well, it's something that I addressed in what I wrote last night and this morning. The problem, Craig, is that there are not a lot of great alternatives right now. Yep. Uh, you know, if this were another year and they had. Uh, and they had depth in the minor leagues, then you know you might have seen a change or you might be seeing a change. you still might, but Austin Hayes, who was sent down, was injured he uh you know slid hit first to uh, hit first to second base, so he hasn't started playing yet, so he would be the logical guy because they were playing him in center field during spring training uh Mason Williams, a minor league who they signed right before the start of the minor former, league season? Former Yankee,
2: to, former Yankee prospect, like 10, Yankee and, and who played, yeah.
1: uh, who played creditably for the Reds last year yeah. under hitting coach Don Long. Uh, you know he is. Uh, he's had a really rough time right. at Norfolk. He's batting, I, I think, two sixteen. Uh, so he's not. You know he's not an alternative. Let me. Right can, now, can, it, it looks like Mullins or Rickard. I mean, can, you could can always I, try and bring can, up. Uh, Dj Stewart, but Dj Stewart hasn't really played center field. Right, and then uh, he's a left-handed hitter, and he plays mostly left field. And you'd be think uh, <laughs> the way Dwight Smith is playing, you don't want to take time away from him. You don't want to take time away from Mancini. So uh, I think unless they find someone else uh, via the waiver wire or a you know a cheap trade, an easy trade. Uh, I, I think that for the time being, they'll they'll stick with Mullins. So of course, if things, you know, if two weeks from now he's still batting this badly, then you know maybe they think again.
2: So let me ask you a question: There was somebody that was on the waiver wire this past week, which was uh, Blake Swihart, uh who got traded to the Diamondbacks last night for a minor league pitcher. I think Marcus Wiley as is, is the kid's name. But anyway, was there ever any discussions with him not so much about being a catcher but about the possibility of him being an
4: outfielder
1: with the like taking well, a we free stand yeah. Stan go ahead. about discussion uh this is a very very tight-lipped organization okay so we don't hear uh we don't hear a whole lot about that sort about that sort of thing okay and what the orioles are emphasizing is defense Right, you know, uh, Swihart is not, as you mentioned, is not a good defense. Is not a good defensive catcher, and they have two good defensive catchers, and they have another one who started to who's starting to play right well, now. What for, I've, what, for I've
2: re- what I've read about Blake Swihart though is not that he was a bad defensive catcher. It's that pitchers don't like to throw to him. They well, think he's that, a little bit that, of a that make, that, that, Well, the, but, the, but the calling of the game of it, the, the calling of the game can be a little bit different because you can get around that by having the pitching coach or the pitch or the manager kind of call the game.
1: But anyway, well, I think it's that not going to happen. Ha- What's what, been happening here? What, uh that's been happening here I think throughout. But you, anticipate, uh, but I, I you anticipated you anticipated my guys question.
2: You anticipated my question in one way. I wanted to know do you think Dwight Smith could play center field? With, uh, for let's uh, say a month uh, with uh, any horrible outcome
1: uh, I don't know yeah. uh, he hasn't yeah um, but that would be you know it'd be interesting to try and put DJ Stewart DJ Stewart isn't even hitting great yet I know
2: none of those in, guys are Santa yeah I, mean, as Stewart, I mentioned yeah
1: yeah as I mentioned in what I wrote DJ Stewart's sort of hitting the sort of the best of the, best of the worst there. So they're kind of stuck. It was interesting. Look at big picture, Stan. Yeah. That Mike Elias uh, focused on beefing up catching and beefing up Mm infield over, uh, you know, over the winter and early part of spring training. What he didn't beef up were the outfielders. They wanted to see how these guys played. And what's happened is they haven't played real well. Since they've been sent down, I mean, they have they had a lot of interesting outfielders they're looking at. Stewart, who was sent down very very early, right? Uh, Ryan McKenna sent down very early, who's been who's totally flatlined at Bowie, right? Usnell Diaz, uh, the top position prospect in the organization, has not played well. Hasn't played well since he's he's come to uh, the, the Orioles, organization, yep. and then uh, Anthony Santander has hit okay, but he doesn't but he doesn't draw any walks, and I think that when you see a guy in Triple A who has a two hundred seventy seven batting average and an on base percentage not much higher than that, that doesn't augur well for major league success
0: yeah
2: i I think where they really ran into a problem here rich is it's like the little Dutch boy with uh, having too many holes, they needed to try and solidify the rotation so they pick up straley. And the guy that I think would have been playing some center field right now is Drew Jackson, and they had to return. Yeah, him to I, I know that was
1: interesting. I think you're right. I think Drew Jackson uh, would have been a uh, would would have been very very useful right now.
2: Yeah, as a platoon to Mullins in right. center but field. but they yep.
1: but they preferred um, Hanser Alberto, right. and I think it's maybe not that they preferred Alberto, but as Mike said. When the move was made, uh, it's very, very difficult keeping two Rule Five guys. Right. Uh, I mean, if you want to have, <laughs> if you basically want to go with thirteen pitchers and have a three-man bench, right? Uh, and keeping two Rule Five guys and a catcher, well, you don't have, you know, you don't have a lot of maneuverability. And I think he thought that if they, uh, if they cut Drew Jackson now. They'd have a better chance of retaining him. Right. Uh, and I than, think, yeah. than, than if they did that in June.
2: And do you think they also ran into a little bit of miscalculation in that they, they, they knew that Martins was in danger of, of getting off to a really bad start because of the jump from A to the major leagues? I think they got caught in assessing well, Mullins won't, won't be a disaster which to be honest with you that's what he's been offensively so far is pretty close to a disaster.
1: Yeah, well, you know, it's funny Stan, if you go and you look at his numbers yeah. last year, they really were not very good.
2: No, they weren't.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, he people were all excited cuz he, you know, he brought some energy, he brought, you know, he brought some excitement. Uh, he played very well the first few days, but if you look after that, yeah. You know, he As a leadoff guy, he hit barely over 200. He didn't draw a lot of walks, although, you know, with maturity, uh, that that should change. Uh, And, you know, they they just didn't have that. They just don't have very much. And I think, unfortunately, fans this year are going to have to suffer with a team that, you know, doesn't have a lot of depth. Because, as you know, Mike Mike Elias' mantra is, you know they have to increase the ta- they have to beef up the talent pool in the whole organization, and they have done that marginally. Mm-hmm. They're off to a, I think a good start yeah. because if you look at their infield defense, it's a lot better than the infield defense that they had after the trades of Machado and Scopeland.
3: No yeah. question about it. Now the one thing I do know about this club is you know obviously you can argue about wins and losses and how important they are to this team that's rebuilding. But Rich, if this team scores five
1: or more runs, they're seven and one on the year. <laughs> so yeah, but, I mean, they but the thing is, they don't do that. <clears throat> you know, they don't do it very often. And you know, we've Craig, we've watched, the, you know, we've watched these teams play over the years, and they've generally had a, a lot of big boppers. Right. I mean, you know, he, this goes back to even before they started. You know, they started winning. You know, in in oh eight, nine, ten, eleven. I mean they had Nick you know, they had Marcus and Brian Roberts, uh right. was uh, an underrated power hitter, didn't hit a lot of home runs but hit an awful lot of you know, hit an awful lot of doubles. Uh and Weeders and you know, they, they had guys who Adam Jones, they had guys who could hit hit you know, hit the ball. Now it's basically Mancini and hope for uh you know hope for Chris Davis with an occasional a uh, home run from Renato
3: Nunez. Well, now let me ask you about Davis. I mean, here's a guy that uh, got off the schneid in Boston with that 3-for-5, and he broke the over, and he had 4 RBI in that game. Two days later, uh, should have been walked, but got a strike called on him on the outer half of the plate, which he didn't agree with. Uh, but then on the next pitch, he hit it more than 380 into the right field seats. And he had a big base hit last night, uh, or a couple nights ago, to start the the rally in extra innings. Do you see signs of him starting to? And I know, I mean, it's a sounds like a dumb question when you've gone over fifty six or whatever, but you know, I, I I'm seeing some positive signs out of him.
1: Well, you have, uh, but again, you know, even in his best years, Craig, he was a very very streaky player. Yeah, no yeah. question. And so you hope that you know you hope that he gets on one of those streaks and that when the next slump comes it's not as you know it, things things don't get out of hand you know rich you know that it becomes uh that it's a one for tw- that it's a one for 12 not an O for 50 yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. uh but, but nobody they, they're could afford- stick with you know they're going to stick with him a while yeah. again what are the alternatives yeah
2: and there's not a lot to be gained at this point there's you know there's nobody b- the, you know the the interesting thing, go, and and I'm certainly not totally second guessing the Dan Duquette regime, but isn't it fascinating that the log jam of Chris Davis and Mark Trumbo allowed them to easily let go of Christian Walker. and Walker has surfaced as a really interesting player uh, with the Diamondbacks. Now it's early.
1: but it took several.
2: But yeah.
1: it took several teams.
2: Yes, it did. but but again, Kind of yo-yoed. What he went to Cincinnati, Atlanta, and the Diamondbacks, I believe.
1: Yeah, and you know, I don't know that necessarily it was Davis and Trumbo, but more Trey Mancini.
2: Yeah, Mancini. It, because they
1: did try, they did try Walker in the outfield, and Mancini
2: uh, kind of trumped them. He went by him, so to speak. Right. Yeah. yeah.
1: So uh, I would say that Mancini, and you know, the you mentioned Mark Trumbo, and who knows if if Trumbo. Is uh, is able to come back yep. uh, from the in- injury. He's not. He's still not eligible to uh, come off the sixty day for more than a month. Right. But I think that this club would have real issues having both Davis and Trumbo on the twenty five man roster with the with a three man bench. Uh,
3: let me. And, and the other thing th- about that Trumbo thing is, uh, from what I'm hearing, and what I heard from him. Just the other day, is yeah. that he hasn't even started hitting yet? Yeah. So
1: well, that was that was he was he was going to not play. I mean, I, I saw his all his bat, at bats in spring training, and he never really hit well. And he had to come after had, had to come out of the game after you know four or five innings, and never you know never really got the you know never really got the groove going. Right. And said he was at the time that he was going to. To not play for a while, I, I, and I think that I think that everybody got a little too optimistic, yep. Yep. Spe- including him, yep. about coming back too early. I think the same thing with Richard Bleier. Um These were, you know, these were very serious surgeries. Yep, both of them.
2: Blyer's especially and, was a really serious surgery yeah, for a and, pitcher. And
1: people, yeah. you know, people want, you know, they they badly want to come back. Yep. And the team wants him to come back, but sometimes it's best, not, you know. Sometimes, you know, it's best not to think of how many times. I mean, I remember Matt Weeders a few years ago after he had Tommy John surgery. Uh, he was held, you know. He wanted to play, uh, you know, nine months after the surgery, and he played in spring training, and then he had a setback, and he again was uh, he was set back for almost three months. Then, yeah. So these things. You know, have a history of happening throughout baseball where players badly uh, want to come, you know, want to come back and they don't give themselves the, uh, you know, the, the amount of time that, uh, that, that's really needed.
2: We're talking with Rich Dubroff of BaltimoreBaseball.com. Rich, we've talked about a lot of kind of negative things. I think the most positive story to have evolved since spring training started is John Means. Uh, and in, uh, to me, it's a real head scratcher. I understand you pick up Dan Straley, but I don't understand why he isn't in the rotation somehow right now.
1: Well, because he can be, he, he can be a left-handed long man, right. and all the starters are right-handed. Okay, that's he's sort of handicapped. He's sort of handicapped by having a positive here. Okay, okay. Uh, and I, I don't think uh, you know Brandon Hyde said. Other day that he didn't think that uh, means would be out of the rotation long. Mm -hmm. And in fact, if I were to guess, I think that you may see him start uh, maybe the final game on the homestand because they're starting two starters today, right? And uh, and 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 haven't chosen to to get us haven't chosen to get a starter from the minor leagues for the day. Who who Uh, are they bringing up? Well, no. What, what's going to happen is Cobb will be the 26th man.
2: Oh, okay. so mm-hmm.
1: Cobb will. Cobb I will. Mean, I I assume that that's what's going to happen because nothing so, else has been announced. So that will that literally
2: will mean he starts the
3: second?
1: Oh, game yeah. Now? That's already been announced. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. But he, so he'll be the 20. He'll be the 26th man, giving them, uh, you know, giving them a, a nine-man bullpen today, including, including Means. I don't know if Means can go can go much today because right. he. Because uh, he had a couple of innings on on Thursday, but I think that you're going to see John Means uh, pitching. You know, maybe maybe Wednesday. Or and
2: has, has he been a sort of a revelation to you? Uh, oh, uh,
1: I'll say. Yeah. You know, it's interesting, Stan. He was never. If you look at his minor league stats, uh, the only time he ever had great stats was uh, was Frederick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was 2016. Right. And, you know, you look at his time at Norfolk, his time at Bowie, and he was just okay. and never thought of as a never thought of as one of the top prospects. He was always just, you know, one of the other one of the other guys. And he was only added to the major league roster last year because Cobb and and Kashner were both hurt in the uh, last couple of weeks of the season. They needed another pitcher. And he was the guy who could give them the most length.
3: Greatest thing I like about him, though, right now, Means is the fact that uh, his versatility, Rich, he's been used as an opener, he's been used out of the pen, and he started a game Mm -hmm. uh, or two here. And, uh, you know, if you're the Orioles and you're looking at players and seeing what you have – it's really Most nice impressive guy. It's an impressive guy yeah. and a guy who's putting up numbers and getting it done while they're going through this process.
2: And I love what it, what he's doing is is having great success with that changeup, which is not out of his in other words it's not like he's amping up and thro- trying to throw harder. And he's picked up velocity. He's picked up a pitch that is really difficult for hitters to pick up oh, on Rich.
1: Well, you know what's interesting Stan is in spring the last day of spring training when when he made the club, mm-hmm. he acknowledged he said that if you had asked him at the beginning of spring training did he think he would have been on the club at the end of spring training the answer would have been no right, right. and I, and I think that he you know he he just showed them it's just interesting because we're still and it's going to take us i think this whole year we're still trying to 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 see to guess how you know, Michael Elias and Brandon Hyde see things. Yep. And that's one of the most fascinating things, because they have a new way of seeing things. Yep. And if you ask, well, what what would be a definition of success this year, I wouldn't necessarily put a, put a one-loss record there. But if they can find four or five guys on this team who can go forward, who yep. they didn't know about mm-hmm. before, you I know, that's Richie important. And, yep. and Rio Ruiz right. and Means, you know, guys like that, then the season's a success. Do
2: you think they should acquire somebody with the last name Waze so they could have Ways and Means? Uh-huh. Anyway, uh, I'll
3: be here all night. No, I'll be no, here uh, each and every and, week. I'll be here each and every night here performing. I'll always remember, Rich, two thirds of pun is P U.
1: <laughs> the answer to the question is by no means. All
3: right. Aha! Rich, thank
2: you very much for coming on. We'll talk to you down the road. Really appreciate you doing a great job with BaltimoreBaseball.com. And did my microphone go off or something? Did we lose power? Okay. I don't hear you. All right. My, my, ple- my All pleasure. Right.
1: Thanks, for ha- thanks for having thanks,
2: me. Thanks, Rich. Really appreciate it. Doing a great job with BaltimoreBaseball.com. Howie Mandel. Howie Mandel will be live at the Live Event Center at Live Casino Hotel on Friday, May 17. Go to LiveCasinoHotel.com now to get your tickets. Howie Mandel will sell it quickly. So grab your seats now. LiveCasinoHotel.com.
3: Because we are. Broadcasting from the, the Live, Live Casino, Casino Hotel Studios. Studios, right off 83. Am I on the air? <laughs> all right, listen up, uh, moms and dads. All season long, kids ages nine and under, cheer free at Oriole Park. Visit Orioles.com slash kids free for details and bring your kids to cheer for
5: free. Around here, there are two kinds of chicken. Royal Farms World Famous Chicken and everything else. What's the difference? Royal Farms Chicken is always fresh, never frozen. It's hand-dipped in a secret recipe of herbs and spices and cooked on the spot right in the store. Chicken from anywhere else? Who knows? Hungry for some hot and delicious chicken? Get some Royal Farms World Famous Chicken. It's one of a kind. And don't forget the Western Fries. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. This season, Sundays in Birdland are for the kids. After every Sunday home game at Oriole Park, kids ages 4 to 14 get their very own chance to run the bases. Enjoy the full ballpark experience, then after the game, give your kids the chance to fulfill their Major League dreams and make memories of your own by watching your kids sprint around the diamond. Be part of all the fun with Kids Run the Bases at Oriole Park, presented by Wise Markets. Visit Orioles.com for tickets and details.
2: The latest edition of Press Box is available now on the cover. David Ginsburg profiles new Ravens general manager Eric DaCosta and how he's risen to this opportunity over the last two decades. Plus, Bo Smolka looks back on the career of former Ravens star Haloti Nada, including his off-the-field impact and his chances of reaching the Hall of Fame. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. You can also find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at Pressbox Box Online.com.
6: One third of crash fatalities in Maryland are due to impaired driving. Don't be a statistic. Be legendary. What does it mean to be legendary? It means always making a plan to choose a sober driver or be one. Never drinking, then getting behind the wheel. Making sure to get a ride for yourself and your friends if needed. Always speaking up and taking the keys from an impaired driver. Remember, sober drivers save lives. This safety message is brought to you by the Maryland Department of Transportation. Visit and. MD.com.
7: Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square is very, very popular as you've undoubtedly noticed if you've been there recently. Want to skip the lines completely? Download the Chick-fil-A app and your food will be ready when you get there, but not a minute sooner. Your hot, fresh waffle fries, fresh, never-frozen chicken, and ice-cold drinks will be delivered to you when you get there. They'll bring it out to your car, or you can come in and get it without standing in line. Plus, ordering through the Chick-fil-A app earns you reward points that will add up to free stuff. And the app remembers what you like so if you like extra pickles then the app remembers if you prefer less ice in your drink the app remembers anytime you customize your order the chick-fil-a app will file it away and remember for your next visit chick-fil-a nottingham square 5198 campbell boulevard if you need help downloading the app ask the nottingham square store owner steve steve can do anything chick-fil-a get the app skip the lines
4: respect it's more than a word In the U.S. Army, it is one of our core values, earned through selfless service to our nation and making a difference both at home and abroad. On the Army team, respect is earned daily. And now, in addition to earning respect, you may earn up to $40,000 in bonuses if you qualify. To learn more, visit GoArmy.com slash bonus or call 1-800-USA-ARMY. Paid for by the U.S. Army.
1: This is former Terp AJ Francis, just here to let you know that I am a huge wrestling fan. I know you are too. And there's a lot of stupid idiots out there that ruined the wrestling podcast experience for everyone else. Hey, Aaron Oster from the Baltimore
7: Sun and Rolling Stone. I don't understand why people would ever cheer for Roman Reigns. He's awful. I'm sick of it. Boo!
6: Boo, Roman Reigns! Never wrestled for Ring of Honor, never wrestled for PWG, never wrestled Uh... in Japan. He is no Kenny Omega. Too sweet, me bro. I hate both of you. And this is why I keep stupid idiots like you My list. This is your boy Y2AJ here to
7: save you. Find jobbing out the podcast tab at PressBoxOnline.com on SoundCloud or iTunes.
2: The PressBox High School Lacrosse Show is sponsored by Jerry's Tire, located in Baltimore City, just steps away from Little Italy in historic Jonestown. Jerry's not only sells all the major brands like Bridgestone, Michelin, and Continental, but is your go to shop for everything from oil changes to factory scheduled maintenance. All repairs are backed by a nationwide warranty. The team over at Jerry's has been serving the Baltimore area for over 62 years, and they're eager to earn your business. That's earn your business. Give them a call at 410-685-4330 or visit them online at Jerry's Tires to shop. Tires.com to shop for tires and schedule an appointment. That's G-E-R-R-Y-S
3: tires.com. Jose Barrios, <coughs> pardon me, in game one Against today. Dan Straley. Against Dan Straley. And in game two? is Alex Cobb, and uh, he'll be opposed by Martin Perez. Martin Perez, all right. And then
2: Bundy, I think, pitches tomorrow, yeah, Sunday. Yeah, I would think. All right, all right. Uh, joining us now is a uh, veteran of over 20 years in the broadcast business. He currently is an award-winning real estate agent for... CM Fox real estate in Albany New York he's an old friend worked as a sports updater on one of my shows on WCBM radio in the mid 90s when he was also a sports producer at WJz TV he is Brian Sinkoff. Brian how are you
8: Stan how are you buddy good uh, to talk to you guys. hey hey
3: Brian I gotta tell you uh, I was asking Stan and he was you know he said told me you were gonna be on the show. And I said to Stan, I said, uh, where do I know that name from? And I said, oh, I know, Facebook. He's bothering yeah. me constantly on Facebook. <laughs> I tease. Well, How are you?
8: Good. Well, we, we Craig, um, uh, we worked to I mean, we were colleagues when yeah. I was at, still at uh, Channel 13 in Baltimore, and you were doing your, your radio stuff, still are, obviously. But, yeah, good to talk to you. We're we're Facebook putties, and uh, it's fun to reconnect to the old... Uh, to my old area. See, no see
3: now, Brian goes back to the days when we'd go in the Oriole Clubhouse, and Mike would just turn around, Messina, and just say, "Yes, Craig, what do you want?" Yeah,
2: I mean, he remembers <laughs> yeah. those days. I'm sure. I'm sure.
3: Are you going to be in uh, yeah. Cooperstown? This I'm going to try to get up there. I don't know how it's going to play out yet. Yeah,
2: I might. I might have to look into going up there.
3: Hey, uh, Brian. First of all,
2: as an award-winning uh, real estate agent for CM Fox Real Estate in Albany, New York, have you sold anything this morning?
8: I uh, did not sell anything. You know, it's Easter weekend, Passover weekend. Okay. Uh, I did sell a house uh, Wednesday, maybe okay. Wednesday.
2: Okay. Yeah. How many do you need a week to, to be good in real estate? Do you need one every well, other week, uh, four a month, six a month?
8: How many do well, you... Well, the average real estate agent, according to the National Association of Realtors, actually sells about seven a year. And, but the uh, that... Sells oh, seven, seven a year? Seven a year, so that means they're probably not full time, right? Um, you know, they're doing it on the side. The spouse is sort of the breadwinner, if you will. I do about thirty to thirty-five uh, houses a that's year. That's
2: pretty. That's pretty serious because each one of those is a lot of time. And uh, you know, I mean, you might get two a year, or three a year that are like boom but there's a lot of uh you know it's a, it's the biggest investment people make in their life. See, and Brian
3: was smart as opposed to you and me. He yeah, got into he real got into estate. Real estate,
2: right? <laughs> it's where the money is.
8: Yeah, um, it's a little bit more st- It's funny. It's it's a better car- I like the career. Yeah. Um but it's uh you know, it's 100% commission. So it's a little it's a little nerve-wracking, but yeah. it can be very it can be very lucrative and I think when you do something for a long time and you, you'll you get good at it. You get, you know, a lot of people know that you do it, and, and that's kind of in my field. It's, you know, reminding everybody of what I do. And, and when, you know, I'm getting, you may not buy it. I don't mean you. I'm just saying generally you may not somebody who's got, who likely will. So that's the key.
2: So let me ask you, I know we had you on to talk Orioles and sports, but I do want to ask you another real estate question. You're pretty well known in the Albany area. You've, you've sort of made your mark up there. How difficult would it be if you and your wife said, Hey, we'd, we'd like to come back home for you, you know, Baltimore. How hard would that be to translate what you do to to a new market?
8: Well, as you know, I mean, I'm a, I, I'm born and bred in uh, Silver Spring, Maryland. Okay. So not far from you guys, just right. a little south. Um, it would be tough. I mean, I, I got really lucky. I, I came here, I, you know, was, you mentioned my TV career, I was in, I worked in seven different TV stations in my life, from mm-hmm. Scranton to Norfolk to to uh, West Clark, Virginia, Virginia West to Virginia. Albany, right. and um, and then I did a, a ESPN, local ESPN radio show for here for three and a half years, and that sort of helped me get my name. So people kind of knew who I was, you know they knew who I was, right. and then that transition into the real estate in going back home it would be tough. I mean, it would take me honestly, it would probably take me three years to even. Make any sort of dent,
4: okay? In, in, yeah, it would
8: take a while. It, it would a be while. a total re- restarting of all my right. career, no doubt.
2: Okay, all right. Let's move back into the world of sports. Uh, wh- what do you make of what you've seen so far of the 2019 Baltimore Orioles? You you can't be that disappointed in the overall record right now.
8: No, Stan, I got to tell you, and I think we talked maybe the last time I was looking this up in my files. I think we talked the last time was maybe January
2: something and like I
8: told, that. yeah. Sounds maybe sounds right. I told you at the time I actually felt better about the Orioles than I did about the Redskins mm-hmm. in terms of future both long and short term. That hasn't changed. Um couple of nights of that game against Tampa blowing the lead, uh, the, you know, Castro imploding in the uh or Gibbons, rather imploding in the ninth and then them coming back and winning that in the tenth. Do the Orioles win that type of game last year? Mm-hmm. Probably not. Probably not. No. They would have imploded. And they probably, to be honest with you, would have lost 10-5, right? I I mean, look,
2: the, the, the amount of talent on the team is far less than it was last year at this time. But the esprit de corps, the camaraderie, the positivity, I think is there in spades. And you don't have a lot of people... Including the manager and general manager, wondering what their next deal
3: is going to be. Well, and as Buck Showalter used to say, the yeah. want to is there yeah. from the from yeah. the younger players, and I think that goes a long, long way, especially when you're in a rebuilding process. Yeah.
8: Well, you, 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 in further answering that question, I had said this is: you look at their roster and you look at their pitching; it's pretty awful. I mean, let's just—I mean, we're all fans, but let's just peel away the banana a bit. It's pretty bad. I mean, I, you know you know uh, some of the guys on the team I frankly didn't even know who the heck they were um prior I'll bet, to that I bet starting. you had never
2: heard of John Means before the season no, started no or what yeah.
8: about um uh, you know I heard of Sucre. Sucre was a guy who had trouble getting into the country right at the beginning right, of the year right, right, um, right. you know I mean look at the the shortstop in the third baseman and what's the guy who's um the utility and I don't even you know the name Hanser like, Alberto
2: Hanser Alberto
8: Alberto, correct. Alberto, He's actually a pretty great hitter, and Smith Junior is actually proved to be a pretty professional hitter. It just—it's been fun. Mm-hmm. It's been exciting. They're—they're going to be awful. I mean, if anybody thinks they're going to win more than seventy games, you, you got to be realistic. It's a sixty-five to seventy-win team. Um, I, I don't even picked,
2: think, and I'm probably a little bit closer and more optimistic than you for short term. I think they win. 50, 58 to 62 games, but that's yeah. going to be an 11 to 15-game improvement over last year. I mean, they lost 115 games.
4: If yeah, they were 65. to win
2: 70, that would be a 23-game improvement. I don't see this team winning 23 more games than they did
8: last year. At the beginning of the season, I said they're a 60-win team. Yeah, that's about right. Um, you know, look. Here's the bottom line: their talent is not very good. You look at it top to bottom; it's not good. It doesn't compare with three of the teams in the AL East: the Yankees, Red Sox, and Rays. Totally, are way more talented than the Orioles. But they play small ball. They hit and run. Um, they they seem to really care.
2: They play um, good defense. They the play very part, good
8: yeah. defense, and they kind of are a little exciting because you know what. It's like rooting for the underdog again, and yeah. it's, I don't know. It's just I, I'm not. Let's say it this way. I told my wife the other day. I said, "She's like, why are you watching all of these Oriole games so far this season?" And I said, "Francine, because they're not eliminated yet. I mean, when they let <laughs> <it's not>, me <laughs> talk to me in June, but I'm going to enjoy the next couple of months while they're semi still in it."
2: Uh, now you you clued me into the fact that you're in the Albany area that uh, one of the Astros minor league teams was in your neck of the woods and I forget the name of the team,
8: the Tri City Valley Cats. Okay, um, and is that the short t- season?
2: Is, is that the team that Sig Meidel put a uniform on and and hung around to sort of yes to uh, talk talk a little bit about that? Was that a big story up there when he did it?
8: Well, you gotta remember this. This was a the the Tri City Valley Cats, many Houston Astros, so many major leaguers from from Pence to Musgrove to uh, Jose Altuve to J.D. Martinez, and you know these guys are real young when they get here. And and it's to be honest with you, it's more of a casual Uh sort of a baseball fan that goes. You're going. It's a great stadium. Five thousand. They they, they they're. pretty much at the top, I think second in the New York Penley every year in attendance. Right. It's one of the best sporting venues in the Capital Region. So fans here aren't really, like, we didn't know who the heck J.D. Martinez was when he was 21 years old. Right. You know what I mean? We You kind of knew, okay, he's going to be pretty good, but you just never know, as you guys know how prospects and all that stuff works. Sig was a guy who, who and I didn't really, I kind of knew of him when this was going on, but he was a guy the Astros said... We're gonna we're gonna give him a job with the Valley Cats, and he's gonna sort of be an on-field coach. You know, he was good. He was good, sort of behind the scenes, good behind a computer. But we want to give him an experience of what you know. What, what is it gonna be like on the field for him? Mm-hmm. He, he was essentially the Valley Cats' first base coach for a season. He was their first base coach right. for an entire season.
2: That's pretty. That's pretty interesting. It really is really is. and I
8: think it helped him learn the game from a completely different perspective right um,
2: it was about and, him learning more things than trying to teach things correct
8: yeah I know obviously he's a he's a guy that I think the players were you know you know respected and 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 I don't know that he knew the everyday nuances of you know a pregame ritual for players, but he certainly could educate them on. You know, I mean, he wasn't lacing up the cleats every day for you know 25 years like these players were. He was more of a guy that knew the behind the scenes and was just sort of embracing himself and 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 sort of you know getting involved in the day to day things to see how a baseball team ran from the time they woke up to the time a game ends and they go to bed. I think mean, that was important for him. And let's face it, guys. One thing that's so different about a minor league team um, versus a major league team is, the. and I've covered so many minor league teams in my broadcast career, is a minor league team, they want to win. There's no doubt they want to win. Wins and losses matter, but the most important thing is developing players. So they are there to develop players for the big league club. The, the wins and losses are not as important as getting a guy ready for the next level, whether it's a double-A level or the major leagues or three years down the line. And I think the Astros have that mentality with a front office guy. And that is so forward-thinking when you get right down to it. You're like, why don't more major league teams throw a guy like that in their short-season yeah. class, A affiliate, and see what he can do? I mean, I think that's just brilliant, if you ask
2: me. Yeah, I think it's a really fascinating story. We're talking with Brian Sinkoff. 20-year veteran of the broadcast business, still a frequent contributor to Spectrum Sports TV in the Albany, New York area. Um, Now, from afar, uh, what did you make of the uh, Chris Davis, um, you know, titanic battle to get his first hit?
8: Well, i got to tell you, and a lot of people might have ripped on him for, you know, having the ball, you know, keeping the the baseball. You know, embrace it you know yeah. he didn't run away from it he didn't he didn't hide he was he was in an epic struggle of of, of laughable proportions and he embraced it he got, you know and and admittedly you, you you guys watch pretty much every game and yeah. i try to watch as many as i can he hit a lot of balls really hard in that streak i mean it wasn't like he was struck out 46 times of 52 i mean there was a well, lot did of strike times. strike
0: out
2: he did strike out about 22
8: well, uh, but, but you know. a lot of times he made con- you know he had a lot of warning tracks well, like Chris yeah. Davis is struck out forever.
2: well look his his his, out his, his his games that he got close to the hit, his exit velocity really was pretty pretty darn strong, which it uh, was
8: yeah you know it was unbelievable you know it is it will be a thirty for thirty on Chris Davis one year. I am convinced this is a guy who was the most feared hitter in baseball. And then he went to Alaska, stock in three years. I, I don't get it, Stan. I, you and I have a conversation off the air about this. Is it Was it the pressure? Was it the money? Was it something else? I think it was, was a it-
2: combination of things. I think one of the things that, that the average fan uh, doesn't get is the pressure that the shift put on puts on left-handed hitters and Craig you were there firsthand last year yeah. with Bryce Harper having a tremendous time and what happens is I think that Chris never worried about his batting average because it was always two twenty to two sixty. You know all of a sudden you look up and your average is one seventy or one eighty you're trying to you're trying to hit home runs and get hits at the same time. Well, I can
3: always deal with strikeouts yeah. as long as your power numbers are there and your on base numbers. And your on base numbers are there, but uh, you know, Stan alluded to Bryce Harper last year. Here's a guy that was at the All Star break hitting two fifteen, but his power numbers were there, and, and he was right. drawing walks and getting on base. And you do remember Scott Boris came out with
2: that sort of thing that hey. This is really prejudicial against left-handed power hitters. Right. The I shift, with the shift, shift, yeah. The shift is but, really... But
3: you know what? As far as the shift, look, I'm not a fan of it, but I will say this. It works. It, it does work. And, and you got to beat it. And you got to beat figure it. Figure out a way to beat it, exactly. Yeah, right. He's, figure out a way to beat
8: it. Well, why hasn't Chris Davis ever bunted?
2: He, I mean, it's a misnomer he hasn't but I mean, he's done it well, maybe twice. I mean, you know... The, the guy that bothers me more that isn't bunting is Cedric Mullins. Yeah, you know, I mean, because oh, Chris Davis, is. if he touches a ball, can hit a home run on any at bat. Cedric Mullins ought to be making bunting part of his part of his DNA, so to speak. Um, listen, we've got a, a guest coming on in just a couple of minutes, the general manager of the Norfolk Tides. Uh, so let me ask you one last question before we let you go. Joe Gregory is going to join us. Uh, how important are the tides in the Norfolk community? Because you were a sports anchor in Norfolk.
8: Yeah. um, Very important. It, it, and they've been around for a long time. I and mean, you're talking about the Tidewater Tides. Yep. The, you're, you know, the 70s. I mean, they were, uh, you know. And it's funny. A lot of, you know, Hampton Roads natives down there are, um a lot of Hampton Roads natives down there are actually Mets fans. Uh-huh, uh Because,
2: because they the were in the farm affili- club, yeah, for the Mets.
8: Yeah, for the long affiliation. So it's important. It's a little more, you know, the names are a little, in terms of Albany compared to Norfolk, the names in Norfolk.
5: Mm-hmm. You know
8: the names of the players a little better. You got a lot of former major leaguers. You got guys on the way up, uh, things of that nature. It's an important part of the community. The ballpark is great. It's right on the water. Um, you know, David Wright played there. You're going back to the Mets days. David Wright played there. Um, Jose Reyes. were actually on the same team together there. And I, when I was there, I was covering the Mets when when they those guys were there. It's um, or covering sorry the Tides when those guys were there. But it's a it's a great facility. It's All a right. great ballpark, and it's fun.
2: All right, we we really appreciate your joining us again. Let's do it again. We'll get do it closer to uh, induction of uh, Mike Musina. Into the yes. Hall of Fame.
8: All right, the moves. All right, guys. Sink. We'll talk take to care, you soon. and
2: best to you and your wife and kid. All right. All right. Thanks for having me on. Take All, care, right. Guys. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Brian Sinkoff. Always entertaining. Always informative. And we're going to be joined by Joe Gregory in a minute. I'll bet you got I bet you could stay at uh, Sinkoff's pad when you go. You up know, there. I was just thinking
3: about that. Should I ask him about it? while <laughs> we, we can call him back after the show. So, All right. Yeah, Sounds got, good. Got to go right past Albany on your way. Yeah. How far is Albany from Cooperstown? Yeah, Maybe 90, an, uh, 90 minutes? I was say about an hour, hour and a half, depending on how you drive. Perfect. <laughs> perfect. You, you get Bonza to drive you. <laughs> hey, yeah. uh, we'll be there in 30 <laughs> minutes if that's okay.
2: <laughs> uh, but uh, that would be fun uh, mm-hmm. to go up there. I'm thinking about going up there for Mike Messina's induction. All right. Joining me now is a guy that I don't often get to say this on the radio, that I met over a hot dog. And that is the general manager of the Norfolk Tides, and that is Joe Gregory. Joe, thank you. You're on with Stan Charles, which you know, but Craig Heiss is my co-host on the bat round How How are are you, sir?
9: Good, good. Thanks for having me on.
2: That's all right. It's our pleasure. We just had somebody on, uh, a former intern of mine who lives up in the Albany area, and he was a sports anchor at one time in Norfolk, and we were just talking to him about the Tides are they now, they're, they're officially the Norfolk Tides. They're no longer the Tidewater Tides, correct?
9: Correct. When um, the Tides moved to the new ballpark, Claypool Park, in 1993, um, they changed from Tidewater to uh, Norfolk. So they're, when we played over at Met Park, over by the airport, they uh-huh. were the Tidewater Tides, and then uh, ever since 93, we've been uh, the Norfolk Tides.
2: Now, how many years have you been the affiliate of the Orioles now? It's got to be going on eight or nine, I'm guessing?
9: No, um, actually, I think it's been
2: 12 now. Wow, it has Hmm.
9: been. Time Time flies. flies.
2: Yeah, the Orioles (laughs) had that couple-year affiliation, I think, with the Ottawa, the city of Ottawa, after Rochester and the Orioles dissolved their partnership. How has the partnership gone with the Orioles over these 12 years?
9: It's been great. You know, I've, I've been with the Tides now eight years, Um, so I haven't been there the um, entirety of the affiliation, but, um, you know, over these eight years, worked with some great people. Um, You know, I think Baltimore does a really good job of uh, communicating and, you know, being in contact with us. And, you know, whether it's at the winter meetings or, you know, the end of the season when they bring the affiliates up uh, to a ball game there in Baltimore or even, you know, this week with uh, Kent Qualls coming down for a couple games, you know, we're definitely... You will feel uh, part of the Orioles family. Um, you know, the proximity makes it really easy. You know, with all the affiliates so close, so yeah, I think we're really lucky to be in a partnership with the Orioles.
3: Let me ask you this: in terms, of I mean, from an attendance standpoint, how do you guys draw down there, uh, knowing that your your fan base is watching? In many cases, guys that are just a step away from the major leagues.
9: You know, attendance wise, it's it's a funny thing, you know, I I worked in uh minor league hockey and minor league baseball and um golf as well, but uh you know, the attendance it's uh kind of fickle, you know, the beginning of the season it's it's rough with, you know, being in school and unpredictability of the weather. Um, you know, Saturday fireworks are great, but mm-hmm. you know, you could like last night you could have the greatest promotions in the world, but if uh if a uh, storm comes through, it doesn't really matter what uh, you had going on. But um, you know, on the affiliation side of the attendance and with having the players here you know it it is something that you know whether it's prospects like we have now with uh you know Mountcastle or whether it's you know over the years with having a veteran free agent like an Albert Pedro Alvarez playing for us you know the fans do know they're they're watching guys that could be you know playing in Camden Yards tomorrow and you know playing in Harper Park today so it's Something that uh, I think the fans are lucky throughout minor league baseball, just to have some of that access and uh, see these
2: guys up close and personal. We're talking with Joe Gregory, he's the general manager of the Orioles' Triple A affiliate, the Norfolk Tides, and Joe, you may firsthand have more experience dealing with the new regime of the Baltimore Orioles, being Mike Elias, Sig Madal running the uh, the uh, the baseball operations, and and you've brought in a manager that they saw fit to. Uh, pull from Bowie and move up and promote Gary Kendall after I think he had been at Bowie for eight or nine years. Mm. Uh, what what do you see out of the new organization that might be different than the Dan Duquette-led uh, Orioles?
9: No, I, I think the makeup of our roster is a little different. Um, you know, I, I feel like we're younger right now. You know, I think in, in the past, sometimes um, some of the younger prospects spent more time and you know, like, a you know, like Manny maybe would have skipped over us mm-hmm. and gone straight to Baltimore. Um, you know, I mentioned, you know, we had Pedro Alvarez here, you know, my first or second year we had Miguel Tejada down here. Um, you know, we don't seem to have as much of that at the moment, but you know, obviously it's early. Um, and you know, on the field, I, I feel like, um, you know, we're seeing the, sh- the shift being played more. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know my previous, seven seasons if we ever played the shift um and um I, I i don't know if the numbers back it up or not but i feel like we're running a little bit more you know on, on the base path you know we're a little bit more aggressive but uh you know it's still no april so it's uh end of april and you know we'll see but uh those are i guess out of the gate a couple of things that uh seem a little different this year as opposed to years past
2: now, I'm not trying to get secrets out of you, but you're, you're you're in charge of the business of baseball. General manager in the minor leagues isn't sort of the guy negotiating contracts with the players or trying to make trades. Do you see uh, the analytic bent that this organization is moving towards? Do you see it in any way, shape, or form that you didn't observe? I mean, are there more cameras down there, uh, more analytic people? Um, uh, is, is there anything to that?
9: You know, I, I don't know if there's, there's more, um, because I mean, you know, we've had the track man for a few years
0: mm-hmm.
9: here. Um, final plate and we've had the track man, um, you know, in the bullpen as well. Um, you know, we've had the cameras, we, you know, a few years ago, you know, we changed the old room that we used to keep promotional items into a, a video room where, you know, guys, you know, between at bats can go, you know, into the clubhouse and break down their last at bat. Um, and, you know, we've had the, the cameras around the ballpark as well. So I don't know at this point if it's more. Um, I think it's more just how it's being interpreted, mm-hmm. um, you know, how the, the data is being uh, analyzed. So physically, I don't I don't know that there's more equipment right now, but, um, you know, I it's something that we're all aware of and, you know, kind of. Keeping an eye out, and you know, is this the next analytical trend, or is this uh, you know the next tool we're going to going to use? But uh, nothing that's really been uh, you know out in the open and noticeable to the the naked eye.
3: Well, I know Stan was going to ask you a little bit about some of the things coming up on the schedule, but today. Much like the Orioles here in town, right. there's a straight doubleheader. Oh, you got a straight <laughs> yep. doubleheader header? Against, against Charlotte, which starts at 5.05, and it's ODU night, Old Dominion University night, and uh, also uh, game two. But my, my question to you from a ticket standpoint, how do you guys do the tickets for this? Is it, is it uh, you can use, if you had tickets for yesterday, you can use them for today, or is it just today's ticket is good for both games?
9: Uh, well, both actually.
3: Okay. Um, so <laughs> maybe uh, maybe that's t-
9: the difference between
3: minor league baseball and <laughs> the majors, yeah, right?
9: Yeah. Exactly. We're we're pretty flexible. Um, so yesterday's ticket can be exchanged for any future game. Um, the only one we restrict is July third. That's our big fireworks, and you know that's our our Fourth of July. Right. To have our game on the third. So, but uh, yeah, you could bring yesterday's ticket and exchange it for any future game. If you have today's ticket. Get you into both games, and actually, we're playing a high school game at one thirty. Wow! So, so you got three um,
2: games going on there today.
9: Yeah, you could come to the ballpark at one thirty and see all three games, and uh, have a big, big day of baseball at Harbor Park.
3: What does Sunday Fun Day uh, look like down there?
9: <laughs> um, you know, for the kids, we usually do uh, costume characters. You know, um, we've got the Easter Bunny. This one, uh, this Sunday last uh, Sunday, it was a uh, uh, bark at the Park, and we had a uh, character from Paw Patrol out here. Um, so, we always have some sort of costume character for the kids. And uh, for the grown ups, we have uh, some drink specials out there. You know, everyone uh, loves mimosas and Bloody Marys and that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, we have some things on those lines. And, you know, we'll do some uh, breakfast themed foods as well. You know, the pizza place the breakfast pizza. Or, you know, we've done uh, chicken and waffles in the past. And um, we actually have a restaurant out in right field so we do a breakfast buffet out there as well nice. so a little something for the kids and a little something
3: for the adults. So Stan and I can come as ourselves basically with that costume <laughs> thing right?
9: <laughs> if You're you, always you, welcome to holiday. All
3: right.
2: If you need an Easter bunny next year, Craig Heist looks incredible with huge ears.
3: Yeah. He really does. We're talking with <laughs> Joe that one down.
2: We're talking with Joe Gregory, the general manager of the Norfolk Tides. A couple more points I wanted to ask you about. Your initial impressions of Gary Kendall, uh, the person, you know, uh, what do you, what do you find you like about this guy?
9: Uh, he's got a great personality, you know, I, I'm lucky enough, um, you know, we brought him down early in the season, that season, take, or before the season, uh, for a season ticket holder event, um, introduced him at an Old Dominion basketball game, and um, had a meet and greet for the season ticket holders after, and then, you know, flew down when I met you in spring training, um, you know, took him and the staff out to dinner, so, yeah, I was lucky, you know, to get a chance to meet him before the stresses of the season and putting together rosters and travel and all that other stuff. But you know, all in all, really good guy. You yeah, know, guy, hard hard player, work you know, hard working guy. Yeah,
2: really hard working
9: yeah. guy. And um, like you said, he's, he's at Bowie so long that the yeah. players know him, and you know, there's a, you know he's new to us. He's not new to the, the
2: yeah. players. I think it's a great sign that the younger players are at AAA and they've got a, a development guy. You know. That's there, sort of trying to finish off their development. You mentioned that you're a bit younger. Um, How has uh, a couple of the guys, uh, Aiken maybe? Um, um, what's uh, forgot? Ryan Mountcastle. Who who has impressed you so far this year? Well, as of late,
9: you know, Mountcastle. I think he's got three home runs in his last four games. Um, you know, he put one out. I think it was thursday maybe cleared a concession stand in left field wow um and you know, it was windy that day and harbour park's a windy place to play so if you look historically um this is not a hitter's ballpark uh, harbour park is definitely a pitcher's ballpark um so you know Castle is definitely raising some eyebrows here uh dj stewart is uh playing really well he i believe he's hit safely in 12 of his first 14 games he okay. had like a I think seven game hit streak in there at one point. Um, he crushed a home run the other day through the wind uh, out of right field. Um, so he's got a hot bat. Um, you know, I, we started out a little sluggish on, on the season, but the last eight or nine games or so, I, it feels like, uh, you know, the uh, bats have come alive and, you know, really lively. That uh, Thursday game, we, well, I think we had six runs in the eighth inning. We were down five to one and uh, came back with the, a big, Uh, rally there in the eighth. So, um, yeah, a lot of people are contributing. Wilkerson, um, yeah, anyone coming to the ballpark is going to see some good young talent and really um, watching the ball fly right now.
2: Got to ask you about the one guy that's off to a very disappointing start uh, because of the spring he had, and it was sort of a surprise to a lot of people that the Orioles sent down Chance Sisko, and he hasn't gotten out of the gate I imagine a young player who's that close to feeling like he made the major league roster and earned it uh, to get sent back down again, it probably takes a good two weeks to four weeks to get your legs under you again.
9: Yeah, you know, chances of a pro. You know, it's part of the system. I mean, everyone, you know, no no one dreams of playing at Harper Park. You know, everyone uh, wants to be in the big leagues and, um, you know, and we all know how that goes, but you know, chance has uh, had a great spring. He's uh you know, great player. He's gonna make his way up though and you know, we're just uh selfishly enjoying having him here. I know uh my dog's a big fan of chances. We both my <laughs> 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 I bring my dog to the ballpark and um, chance has a rescue uh, pit bull like I do. So uh I, I think uh selfishly my dog Archer is going to be sad next time uh, Chance, gets Chance gets called, gets, up, gets called up.
2: Hey, do you have any insights into how soon Austin Hayes might play for you guys, or is that beyond your pay grade?
9: Honestly, I haven't heard one word. Okay. Um, yeah, it yeah. Uh, hasn't been on the radar. I mean, you know, obviously so. love to have him here in Norfolk, but I haven't heard any clubhouse rumor or even chatter in the hallways. It's uh, yeah, it's been pretty quiet along that front.
2: All right, Joe, before we let you go, I did say I wanted to plug some games, and I'm I'm earmarking like sort of mid-June when kids get out of school around here if parents are looking for a neat maybe weekend or in the middle of the week. You've got a three-game series on Tuesday through Thursday against Scranton in June, two night games and a Thursday afternoon game at 12.05. Then you got a weekend against Toledo, two seven oh five games, and a Sunday one oh five game. What's the city in Norfolk like? How welcoming is it? How easy is it to get around?
9: You know, it's um, Norfolk's come a long way in you know the time I've lived here. You know, I think if people haven't been to Norfolk in a while, they frankly might not recognize it. Um, You know, it's easy to walk around, uh, waterside. You know, kind of like the Inner Harbor up there in Baltimore. Mm -hmm. Waterside's been completely redone. Um, You know, some nice places to eat and drink, and uh, it's right down the river from the ballpark, an easy walk. Granby Street in downtown Norfolk is full of uh, restaurants, and, um, you know, we have the USS Wisconsin and Nauticus right on the river as well for, uh, you know, naval history fans and things like that. Um, So it's a welcoming place. Town Point Park is right, again, down the river um, where we have festivals almost every weekend in the summer, whether it's a wine fest or music uh or cajun fest um so yeah there's a lot of things to do here and then for people that want to go to the beach you know virginia beach is a 20-minute drive i live in virginia beach Mm -hmm. um so you know it's come to the ballpark you know at night during the day hang out at the game or at the beach and um yeah a lot to do here in virginia beach and norfolk and you know i moved here from northeastern Ohio, and i'm not uh Plan on leaving anytime soon. <laughs>
2: All right. Hotels, are there hotels walking distance to the ballpark?
9: Definitely. The Sheridan Hotel is uh, an easy couple of blocks, the Marriott, there's a courtyard. It's just open a new Hilton called The Main, which is an amazing hotel uh, right. that opened, I think, two years ago. So, yeah, Norfolk's got plenty of hotels downtown, plenty of things to do. It's safe, um, fun place to, you know, walk and enjoy your time down here.
3: After the homestand ends tomorrow. Right. Tides go on the road, but then they come home for a ten-game homestand. First part of May, and there are seventeen home dates in, in the May? month of May. Okay, that's great.
2: <laughs> hey, Joe, yeah, we really yeah. appreciate your coming on today.
9: Yeah, thanks for the invite, and uh, you know, feel free to give me a call anytime. I'd love to uh, love to get come you, back and talk more Tides baseball.
2: Love to get you back on maybe around June. Uh, talk a little bit so when the kids get out of school, maybe some more parents get. And I'd love to get Ken. Uh, Ken Young, on the owner of the team, sometime if he's willing to do it. All right, for sure, sounds great. Thank you for spending some time with us, and and go right. tides. All and that right. is a pretty
3: ballpark, it's, is it? Yeah, you know, you've you, been there, right out. Yeah, no, no, been a, been there. Uh, in fact, Orioles used to play an exhibition game. No, they still do, probably. Uh, exhibition game right before game, the season, coming started. back from spring training, they'd stop there. And the one year, one year I was down there, I went uh, drove back from Lauderdale. And we wound up uh, stopping at the, at the ballpark to catch that exhibition game before coming all the way home. All right. You know, you and I, um, well, first of all,
2: let me read this Press Box promo, and then we got some Costa in stuff to do, mm-hmm.
3: all right? Later there last night. Yeah, were you really? Yeah. I'll bet you were, and you were probably there early. Uh yes, you have I crabs? I had, had uh, crabs last night. Right. How were they? Watched the Nats game. They were great. They
2: were great. <laughs> Latest edition of Press Box is available now on the cover David Ginsburg profiles new Ravens general manager Eric DaCosta, and how he's risen to this opportunity over the last two decades. Plus, Bo Smolka looks back on the career of former Ravens star Haloti Nada, including his off-the-field impact and his chances of reaching the Hall of Fame. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. You can also find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at pressboxonline.com, Craig, uh, talk a little bit about where you were last well, night. Well,
3: I was at the Costas Inn after the Orioles got rained out, and uh, after I got done doing the Mass and showing, we said, "Well, no, no baseball, so we might as well go eat," <laughs> and that's always a good thing. So we went over to the Costas Inn, had. Uh, Half dozen steamed crabs and watch the Nats game, and uh, no better place than the Costas Inn. Live entertainment on Friday nights, as there were last night, na- as there was last night. Uh, specials throughout the week on the menu: crab cakes on uh, Monday. Uh, ribs on Tuesday, steak night is Wednesday night, lobster night That's is my Thursday. Well, night there is you steak go. Steak night, yeah. And uh, last night, steak and cake on the uh, steak and cake. Yeah, steak and cake oh, on steak the
2: steak and cake is steak and crab cake. Right. Wow.
3: Yeah. On the uh, the prime rib was is always outstanding. Yeah, the they, do a, they do a great job. Great, great job. job. Forty one hundred North Point Boulevard, and you can also ship steam crabs and crab cakes anywhere anywhere in the anywhere country. In country, anywhere yeah. in the world. Probably. Yeah, pretty much. All right.
2: Uh, We'll be back with more of the show right after these other commercial messages.
5: Listen up, moms and dads, all season long at Oriole Park at Camden Yards, kids cheer free. For each regularly priced Upper Deck ticket, adults can get up to two additional tickets for kids ages 9 and under absolutely free. Oriole Park is the perfect place with fun for the whole family. Plus, enjoy smaller portion budget-friendly concessions perfect for youngsters. And don't forget, you can pack your own picnic and bring it to the park. Kids ages 9 and under are free all season long. Be part of Orioles baseball. Visit orioles.com slash kidsfree to learn more.
7: Visit Buffalo Wild Wings weekdays from 11 to 2 and take advantage of their new 15-minute lunch guarantee or your lunch is free. That's right, free. And with a 15-minute lunch guarantee, that means less time waiting and more time eating delicious b before you gotta get back to the office. Buffalo Wild Wings, White Marsh, Owings Mills, and Westminster Wings Beer Sports, available for dine-in orders at participating locations for a limited time. See restaurant for
6: details. One third of crash fatalities in Maryland are due to impaired driving. Don't be a statistic, be legendary. What does it mean to be legendary? It means always making a plan to choose a sober driver or be one. Never drinking, then getting behind the wheel. Making sure to get a ride for yourself and your friends if needed. Always speaking up and taking the keys from an impaired driver. Remember, sober drivers save lives. This safety message is brought to you by the Maryland Department of Transportation. Visit BeLegendaryMD.com.
4: Respect. It's more than a word. In the U.S. Army, it is one of our core values. Earned through selfless service to our nation and making a difference both at home and abroad. On the Army team, respect is earned daily. And now, in addition to earning respect, you may earn up to $40,000 in bonuses if you qualify. To learn more, visit GoArmy.com slash bonus or call 1-800-USA-ARMY. Paid for by the U.S. Army.
8: Hey, KZ here with KO from the Fantasy and Reality Football Show. It is almost draft time, so we're in full swing the reality is that the ravens are going to pick somebody really really good at 22
4: well that's that's the hope i mean we, we don't really know i mean in recent years they haven't exactly had the best success but we can always keep our fingers crossed and the chances are it won't be a wide receiver but the draft is indeed coming up
8: so you're telling me what i just said as a fantasy
4: hopefully not
8: Fantasy reality football show every sunday from 10 a.m to noon give us a listen Glenn Clark
7: and Kyle Ottenheimer here from Glenn Clark Radio. Kyle, you know, I'm regularly asked by folks about how we get so many great guests on our show.
4: Well, I, I work really hard to get some of the biggest names on with us.
7: I know you do, and the world recognizes it, but I want to challenge you to try to get some even bigger
4: guests on the show moving forward. Okay. Who do you have in mind?
7: Well, nothing crazy. Like, what about Tim Tebow? Oh. Or, or how about Leonardo DiCaprio or, or Lady Gaga? Maybe Barack Obama? Uh, you know what? I'll settle for Wilt
4: Chamberlain. But I think he died. What? Yeah, like 20 years ago. So that's a maybe? Maybe Jabba Chamberlain. Glenn Clark Radio, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to noon at pressboxonline.com slash radio and facebook.com slash pressboxsports. No one wants to talk to Jabba Chamberlain. If trying something new was a bad idea, many of us would still be wearing polyester. This message is brought to you by Glory Days Grill. You may know us for our great burgers and wings, but Glory Days pros mix it up with the fresh cedar plank salmon, cut in-house and grilled to perfection, or sizzling and juicy steaks, meaty ribs. We have handcrafted salads and sandwiches by our talented chefs. Change tastes good, we promise. Experience the Glory Days Grill menu in all its glory. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports.
3: And welcome back to the Bat Around. Craig Heist along with uh, Stan the Fan Charles, Brittany Everett, punching the ones and the twos and she's got a new job and she's all full of herself. And we can talk about it now. (laughs) We didn't want to jinx it. She's, She's
2: working for one of the really top PR firms around these parts or any parts. And no
3: better person will you work for.
2: Yeah. Let me tell you oh, that. Oh, it's And Mitchell, been great Smalley,
3: already. Then Mitchell huh?
2: Smalley at <laughs> Maroon PR. <laughs> now, John Maroon's been a friend of ours since, what, uh, 94?
3: Yeah, after he came from Cleveland. Uh, he, yeah, came, he, he came 90, the
2: year that, that Cal was going to break the break record. Break
3: the record, 95, yeah. yeah so yeah. so we've known him for 20,
2: 24 years. Yeah. 23 and a half years. He's a terrific guy. Uh, a pro's pro at what he does, and you'll have a lot of fun there.
3: But the, the work will be hard. But the, when John was in Cleveland with the Indians, right. they used to put together uh, a, a phone service that you could access right, to get audio, but you'd have to record it off the phone, mm-hmm. you get rec- recorded audio off the phone of the Indians. Mm-hmm. And when he would come to town, he would have me do it. Then when he became the PR director of the Orioles, right. uh, I used to have to go over to the warehouse each night and do the Oriole audio phone.
2: Oh, really? I did yeah. not know yeah, you
3: Yeah, absolutely. That. And I, I worked for John doing that for, I guess, about two or three years before they decided it was time to go in another direction in terms of the technology and everything right. of that nature. So they killed the audio phone, and you, know, you started to get more audio through computers and things of that nature. But uh, that, was, that was an enjoyable... You know, it's interesting, and we don't talk about John that often on the program. We should probably try and
2: get him on sometime uh, on the show, but it's really interesting. You wonder what his career, because he was a baseball PR guy. Yeah. Okay, not that he couldn't have been a fi- football PR guy. But because, well, he was. Well, well, but the point I'm making <laughs> was he eventually was, right? He, he worked for the Redskins. Redskins, yeah. right. But the point I'm making is that had he not come – during Cal's year of the streak, he, I think he learned a lot about public relate. You know, the larger world of public mm-hmm. relations from having worked with Cal. Sure. And eventually, Cal became kind of his main client. He worked for Tufton for a plus, while.
3: Plus, when you're as iconic as Cal, Cal is, yeah. you know, from a PR standpoint, you're, you're doing everything you can to make sure that. Things right. are all positive, right? And uh, you know, I don't think anybody did it better than John. No, I mean, nobody. two two of the best PR people I have ever known in this business are John Maroon and Rick Vaughn, and Dan Snyder ran both of them out of right. town. Damn right, <laughs> yep.
2: And both of them great people, yeah, great PR people, and they had the guts to tell uh, Dan Snyder, you know, look, that he was doing things yeah, wrong.
3: Yeah, and you know, it's funny, and I can't remember whether this was John or whether it was Rick. But there was one year, one of the early years that uh, Dan was with the Redskins, he did not want to put out uh, a media guide. Right. Right? And, and, and basically they said, no, 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 you, you have to put out a media guide. And <laughs> so, so basically this was a situation where the PR department... And the league itself, right. because the league was the one that eventually said, no, you, you will, will put, put out, out a right. media guy. And, and that's how that got done. That's interesting. <laughs> interesting. But anyway, congratulations
2: on the new job.
4: Thank you. The first week was great already, so I'm looking forward well, to the could, future. It's always I,
2: great when you don't get fired the first I week. I know. Yeah. Right?
0: I survived the first week. Yeah. So. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. Second week's much worse, though. <laughs> I heard that the second and then the third yeah. and the fourth. Oh, God. Yeah
3: cuz really the terrible. workload uh, oh, gets God, worse they out, and, yeah they yeah. start out
2: nice nice yeah. and all of a sudden you're working 7 days a week <laughs> yeah now you're working with a top notch firm with all pro a lot of pros there yes. not just uh, uh, not just John Maroon and uh, somebody who's been a dear friend of mine is Mitchell Smalley who's his number one guy there yeah, yeah. all right so congratulations
4: thank you appreciate
2: all right. it all right uh, we are going to have Brittany's professor on. Now In we'll get to the dirt. Yeah, now we get <laughs> now we get to the dirt and call John. That's right. Uh, now we did you know? Did, did hey, you look, know we this, talked to her teacher. Yeah.
3: Did you know? Anyway, we would never. We well, would yes, never, we would. We would. <laughs> we would. We would. All right. Oh, by the way, when hi mom, how are you? <laughs>
4: I don't even know if she's watching. Oh, really? Today. She's shopping.
3: Oh, yeah. see, well, mom always watches this show. You've got the uh, Caps tonight. Got the Caps tonight. Two uh, two series tie with the Carolina Hurricanes. It's suddenly uh, become a series. Well, it's become a series, and and, they, you, and the you know, Caps got a big injury too. Much like much like games one and two, where Carolina lost at Capital One Arena. Right. They didn't play that poorly. Right. You know, just the, the you know the Caps did what they had to do to win the game. Uh, Same thing happened only in the reverse fashion down in Carolina. And game four was specifically gut-wrenching from this standpoint. Carolina scored 17 seconds into the game. Then after the Ovechkin power play in the second period to tie the game at one, the Caps give up a goal 30 seconds before the end of that period ends. And they didn't recover from it. Lost 2-1. Now you're back to Game 5, so they have to protect home ice, and then Game 7 would be here in town, too. But, yeah, they lose T.J. Oshie, upper body injury. He's out for a significant amount of time. Right. Uh, they already don't have Michael Kempney, so that's uh, another big loss. But they did uh, bring back the one of the heroes from last year's Stanley Cup team who was sent to the minors, and that's Devontae Smith-Pelly. So he'll play tonight, and uh, he'll be counted on. To kind of rekindle some of that magic he had, especially well, against, he especially against Vegas last year in the finals. Yeah, he was out, outrageous yeah. last year. Mm-hmm. All right, we've got Ron on.
2: All right, well, good luck to the Caps tonight. Game time, 8, eight o'clock. Yeah. yep. And is it on just regular Comcast, uh, or is I it think, on the I, National? I think
3: you may have the National game with an 8 o'clock start tonight. Is that
2: Channel 2? Well, uh, ch- well,
3: it may be Channel 4 in D.C., okay. 11 okay. up here, okay. if NBC's doing a game. If it's not, it's going to be NBC Sports. All right. All right, you picking a Caps win? I think they win Game Five. I think they win this series now, having had the Islanders sweep the Penguins. Right. And by the way, last night we had the top team in the Western Division mm-hmm. go away as well. So this is the first time—the first time that uh, the top seeds Tampa and s- uh, San Jose, yeah, yeah both uh, lost in the first round. Wow. That's pretty good. So it's a wide-open tournament right now. All
2: right. Well, the furthest thing from winning a championship is what the 1988 Baltimore Orioles did. The book is called uh, A Season to Forget, the story of the 1988 Baltimore Orioles. And on with us right now is the author, uh, Ron Snyder. Ron, how are you?
10: Good morning, guys. Thanks for having me on. That's our pleasure.
2: First of all, can you give us any dirt on Brittany Everett?
10: Uh, she was a great student, and, and I highly recommended her uh, for her current position. So I know she's going to do great things. I can't say anything negative about her. You
2: know what's you've, especially... You've just, you've just ruined this entire show. You, I know. You know, know. what's especially <laughs> impressive is that she got this job in Maroon PR, and she chose not to ask either one of us for recommendations. recommendation. There you go. Yeah. <laughs>
4: Actually, I did um, put you on for recommendation. So Me? Yes. Not Craig? No, not Craig. You were a little
2: worried about Craig, weren't you?
4: Yes. All right.
2: Anyway, Ron, thank you for coming on the show. Uh, How long have you been working on this book since 1988?
10: Well, you know, the funny thing is the idea for for it kind of came into my head. I'm sitting in the press box during the 2014 ALCS, and I'm just thinking about looking at all the fans in the stands and how far (gasps) the franchise had come back. Mm -hmm. And I start writing it around – 2016 it's when the Orioles were in the, um, you know, the wild card, and I told my publisher, "There's no way that the Orioles would ever be worse than they were in 1988." Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I have a lot of people that say I jinxed them with those, with that, with that, with that phrase. So, so did um, the
2: book actually come out in in 2018?
10: Well, no, the book actually comes out; uh, it's released uh, on Tuesday. Okay. I started writing it in 2016. Uh, you know, kind of doing the research and tracking down. You can imagine just trying to track down, you know, people from 30 years ago is, is a, yep. a laboring a process. So, um, so it was kind of a, you know a two-year process to really you know from from conception to. Publication.
2: All right. Well, we'll look forward to taking a peek at that book when it does come out, and it's due out. You say in the next week or so? It comes out Tuesday. Okay, that's fantastic. Sellable on Amazon and, and,
10: and, and all who's, local book
2: Who's the? Is it? Is it necessary in the old days when you'd have a guest on? You'd say it's Nebraska Press or this press. It's, is that even necessary? Um, Skyhorse Publishing.
10: So it's uh, they do a lot of uh, uh, great um, sports related uh, books. Uh, I've worked with them in the past. So. Um, they, they did a great job helping me get this uh this book out to, to i'll never
3: 'll never forget Frank Robinson during that streak. He says right before they went on the road and mm-hmm. then they finally went in Chicago he looked at all of us and go and this is like owen fifteen or so and he says you know he says they fired cal senior owen six he says <laughs> ah, he says i don 't know if i 'm ever going to win again
10: <laughs> <laughs> absolutely it was i mean it was a, a, a historic uh, it was a streak of historic proportions you know this is a town that 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 loves uh you know the, the the iron man streak this was the you know polar opposite of that obviously. oh yeah
2: well did you ever get a chance during the uh conception of this book to talk to cal jr or billy about I, or, or vi about the firing of their dad
10: I, I did i did talk to cal pretty extensively um you know i was uh ironically it was uh john that helped uh, you know set that up uh you know, so I appreciated him for for that, um, you know. And you know, he said he, he found out about it on the way to the ballpark. You know, he heard it on the radio. I think he said. Wow. He, uh, and you know, obviously it was a very t- it was a time it was, it was a very conflicting time for him. Him and Billy are both on the team. Yep. This is a franchise that he came up with. He's you know living his dream. He's playing with his dad and his brother. And you know, to, you know this was obviously not a talented team to begin with. Um, and for them to. You know, pull uh, a rug out from under Cal Senior after uh, you know, just um, six games was you know, was very upsetting to him. But you know, as as we all know, Cal, you know, he you know, was a professional and, and came to work every day.
2: You know, it's interesting. I, I remember that time period pretty well, and I never thought that Cal Senior would get the job. And I always felt that Hank Peters kind of put his foot down to Edward Bennett Williams, and it really signaled the end to Hank. Being the general manager under Edward Bennett Williams too.
10: Well, if you remember, uh, after he was uh, um, after Hank Peters was fired, I think his famous quote was, was, "I'm relieved to be relieved." Right. right? It was going into the uh, after the '87 season, so it was uh, definitely a a very frustrating time. I think you know, coming off from the years after the '83 World Series.
2: You know, it is interesting, and I was a big fan of Edward Bennett Williams and and what he did for the the club being in this city long term. Because without him signing that lease long term, and if he passes and there's no stadium, you never know what would have happened. But he was not he was not funded the way a lot of ownerships were in those days, and he took on a team that. Had uh, had a lot of cuts in in scouting, and they'd lost a lot of scouts to being hired away. So it was sort of the cause and effect of a number of years of of poor planning and poor organization, wasn't it?
10: Yeah. Well, I think what what happened was obviously we from '66 to '83, you know, this was the most successful franchise in baseball, if not all of sports. And what happened was slowly but surely those scouts that helped develop the Oriole way that helped bring in you know, players, everyone from Brooks to Jim to Frank, you know, to, to Bobby Gritsch, you know. Bobby Gritsch, the Belangers of the world, you know, and so forth going up the line. You know, they can move on, they can move up the chain, and there wasn't a, a pipeline. You know, they didn't develop a pipeline, and, you know, it's, they come into the 80s. They, you know, they have the great trade in 76 that brings in, you know, from the Yankees that brings in Dempsey that brings in, uh, McGregor, Tippi Marti- McGregor, and Tippy Martín, Martinez, and among others, had a great trade from, with the Yankees. That's kind of set up seventy nine. That set up eighty, eighty two. They set up eighty three, and then you know we get into this free agency world, and they didn't know what to do. I mean, yeah. um, you know, they 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 took chances on um, players. I think Edward Bennett Williams, obviously was, was was dealing with cancer at the time. Mm-hmm. He wanted he wanted a quick fix. He wanted to try to get him back. Um, you know, they go out and they trade for, you know, guys like Jeff Stone, and they go and they sign Freddie Lynn, and um, and they kept on some players probably longer than they should have. Yeah. um, You know, like uh, Scott McGregor, you know, again, did so much for the Orioles, but by the time you get to the mid to late 80s, it was obvious the injuries had kind of caught up with them. So, yeah. it was a kind of really a confluence of things that kind of built up, and, you know, they were competitive in 84, 85 to a degree, um, and then... Kind of, they, even Earl couldn't bring them back in '86. Well, '86,
2: '86 was really fascinating because they moved to within two and a half games of the Boston Red Sox on August fifth, right? And then they absolutely collapsed
10: in '86. Well, and they're very similar to what they did in 2017. You know, they mm-hmm. were right there, right in the mix for the wild card after yep. Labor Day. Mm-hmm. They drop off, um, and then they collapsed, and that collapse just kind of took a... a you know, steamrolled into 2018, so there was a lot of parallel between I, I know Craig, that time and this time.
2: I know Craig has some questions, but the word that you used is is really ironic because we've got this newfangled fa- thing called analytics, and Michael Elias and Sigmate all are bringing that in, but the word you used is pipeline, and right. this club is very similar to that 88 club in that there was no pipeline when things went bad and these guys have been brought in with the mandate to create a pipeline.
10: Absolutely. I mean, I think this is really this time right now. It's really the first time you've really seen a stripped-down rebuild. I mean, even in 88, going in 89, we can talk about that in a minute. But it, it, they've never really completely torn down and rebuilt before that no. I can remember. Anyway. I agree with you. Yeah. Let
3: me ask you this. Billy Ripken was on the cover of Sports Illustrated right. with, with the bat in his head kind of. You know, leaning against the bat as he was holding the bat, sitting down in the dugout. Have you, what did he tell you about any of this, or did you talk to him at all?
10: Yeah, he was one of the ones I wasn't able to get him for the book. Um, but, I mean, he was obviously, just from talking with Cal and, and my memory and reading, he was obviously more upset not only about the streak, um, but also about Cal. You know, he took Cal Senior's firing, I think, even harder than, 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 than Cal did um and you know he's obviously was one that always wore his emotions on his sleeve um i know i, I think he he had mentioned uh i saw him on a uh, mlb special about the he was uh, like why do you guys want to talk, talk to me about this you know and it, that was kind of my concern when i started writing the book i'm like it's really easy to talk to someone about winning a championship i'm like i wonder if these guys are going to go say some not so nice things and i'd ask them to tell me talk to me about you know the worst experience in their professional life.
3: Yeah, refresh yeah. my memory real quick. A couple of years ago there was a team that was had a pretty lengthy losing streak and people were starting to talk about, you know, matching the Orioles 21 uh, game losing that? streak. Yeah, I know, I can't say
2: okay,
0: who.
3: Okay. But, but and I remember seeing Billy at the ballpark and I and I asked him about it and he goes no, I I don't want them to do it. He says because everybody's asking me about '88. Uh, he says, and I don't want to rehash those memories again. So it still sticks with him to this day.
10: Yeah, yeah, a- absolutely. Um, you know, and and, and I, I, you know, who can blame him? I mean, uh, you know, I think for for modern day fans, uh, the only thing I think I can parallel for Orioles fans would be Chris Davis's hitless streak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, the streak took yeah. on a life of its own. It became a national story. You had reporters. Following the team for all the wrong reasons, um, you know. Um, <laughs> uh, from when I, and I, I remember you saying this, so that was your first year cover with the team, Craig. I mean, from the reporters I talked to, Ken Rosenthal, Keith Mills, uh, Scott Garcia told me that there was as many reporters covering that team towards the end of the streak as it would be a team in the World Series.
3: Well, we had Richard Justice on a few weeks ago. Uh, right after the death of Frank Robinson, and he 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 talks about a night where they all went out to dinner. Him, Kirchen, uh Frank. Frank's paying for dinner, and you know he says, you know, I got a, I got a call from the president, and right. you know, and and, and like, no, you really didn't. He says, yeah, I did, yeah, I did. And then finally, you know, they got up and went, you know, just to grab a drink or something. Came back, and Kirchin says, what? Well, You know, what did you, what did the president say to you? He says, he says, says, Frank, I know exactly what you're thinking or how you're (laughs) feeling. And he goes, Mr. President, you have no idea what I'm thinking (laughs) or feeling.
10: (laughs) Absolutely, yeah. And uh, it was, I mean, the Pope, was, I think, was praying for him. Yeah. uh, I mean, you had, uh, was it, uh, the the DJ was on for 10, 12 days in a row um, on 98 Rock. Um, You had, I mean, this was, I mean, this was before social media, too. So not all the games were on TV. Not all the games, you know. he had some games. That, I mean, it led the Today Show. It led the NBC News. It led CNN. It was on. It was. It was all encompassing. It was a kind of. And, and they found a way to lose a game differently every week. Brooks Robinson said, "I was, as he was doing the TV. Said I was just waiting for that one moment where you just knew that the game was going to come apart. It could have been an error one game. It could have been a bad pitch next. They make a great pitching." One night, and they couldn't get a hit. They get hits, and then they couldn't get pitching. It was just something different every night for 21 straight games.
2: Well, it was interesting. Last year, there was never an 0-21 stretch with the, the 2018 Orioles, but as the season wore on, we realized that they were going to have a worse record than the than
10: the 88 team. Yeah. Well, well, and I was finishing up the book. I kind of like when they started, you know, the ironic thing is they won on opening day last year, so that's why you know, this team is probably people, that was the ironic thing, but I love it, and it's... I got done the end process of the book. I'm looking at, you know, comparing where they were in 50 games and mm-hmm. 60 games, and I'm like, oh my gosh, they're 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 going to do worse than 88. And yeah. it was a, you know, it was a it's a tough stretch because I mean this, this team was probably last year's team was probably had more talent on it overall than that 88 team, which was you know surprising. Um, but you know, of course, that 88 team still had Cal, it had Freddie Lynn, had Eddie Murray, um, had Mike Boddicker. So there was. You'd have thought with players like that, you could have at least lucked out a win somewhere along the way. Hey,
2: I promise we'll get you back on like around June first, somewhere around then, because we'll we'll push it for Father's Day a little bit. Absolutely. But but one last topic for today is, and I don't think look this team this team in eighteen never lost uh, twenty one games at the outset, but the one difference is. They were able to come back off the road, and now they won the last night in Chicago to break the streak. But they came back to Fantastic Fans Night, 54,000 people, a sellout at Memorial Stadium. Uh, This club right now, for a variety of reasons, doesn't have that kind of support.
10: No, and, and, you know, I think, look, we were only five years removed from a World Series at that point in time. Yep. And you got to remember the the, the the time that we were living in. Look, I, I'm I was nine years old at that time. Um, look, we're we're five years removed from World Series, but we're also four years removed away from the Colts leaving. Um, you know, Maryland basketball was falling apart after the Len Bias. Mm-hmm. Death. Um, this was really a dark time in, in Baltimore sports, and and for all the praise that we give Ed Ben Williams for making the deal to get Camden Yards there was still concern from a lot of fans they were going to move to D.C. they were going to move to Tampa they were going to move and then we would have been a a major league city without a major league club so I think fans wanted to come back and show look we you know you you might be losing right now but you're our team we're going to stay with you um, and, and I think it's something that could, only, could have only happened in Baltimore. You know, um, you know and,
2: it, and it's interesting. I wonder how – I mean, there's no question that Edward Bennett williams when he bought the team, was at least thinking of sort of a split franchise and having one mega market that would house the team. But he ended up finding a great deal of loyalty to Baltimore, and he knew what the Orioles meant to this town. And that night was an expression of that. And that was the night that Edward Bennett Williams signed the lease uh, right. that allowed for the building of Camden Yards.
10: And it was his last public appearance as yep. owner of the franchise. Um, you know, so that will end up, you know, for all the talk. I mean, I think they even had. I remember uh, reading, uh, you know, they were actually scoping out Laurel and and that that area soon mm-hmm. after they bought the franchise. But I mean, that look. I mean, that we have we have a, a gem here downtown. It's it's tough to get people. So we we've dealt with a lot more losing than winning since eighty. You know, since you know, in the last 25 years, and I think, and there's a lot more opportunities out there for entertainment, and you know, we could have another show about you know all the socio-economic reasons that people aren't coming out to the ballpark. That's a whole yep, other. That's a whole for different discussion. But fantastic
2: of- fans night was was very special. There's no question about
10: it. Absolutely.
2: All right. Uh, the book is a season to forget: the story of the 1988 Baltimore Orioles. It's from C- Skyhorse publishing and um that's available on amazon correct amazon, this week on
10: amazon or barnes and noble uh you know, i'll be out uh may the 4th at the, uh barnes and noble and white mark signing them so if you want to get something for mother's day father's day you know, come on out i'm glad to uh to sign a copy for you,
3: Craig. Anything else? No, we're good. Okay. Uh, I I lived it once, and I'm much like Billy. I don't want to relive it again, <laughs> <laughs> but I will. I, but I will read the book.
10: <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate it, and uh, thank you guys so much for having me on. And. Uh, and you got you guys have a, a great producer there in Brittany.
2: Yeah, we do, and we know the you bottom know. line is that you got her this job. She had nothing to do no, with it
10: at all. No, she got it on her own. No, no
3: she you know she's a great gal. We've been dealing yeah. with her for a year and a half now, and and we really know the story. <laughs> <laughs> she's got ethical.
2: She's got ethical standards. Oh, she maybe it's a, maybe it's the standards. two of us that don't yeah, now. Na- exactly. Okay, I understand now. <laughs> hey, Ron, thank you very much for coming on, and good luck with the book.
10: Thank you. Good luck to all you guys, too. Thank you so
3: right. much. Uh, by, the, you. by the way, before we go to the break, yeah. let's uh, remind everyone where we're broadcasting from. We're
2: broadcasting from the Live Casino Hotel Studio. Right.
3: Right, right. off beautiful downtown 83. Yeah.
2: Right. Hamden, Hamden, Maryland. Maryland. Exactly. All right. Hamden on. Um, we will return in just a minute, but let's tell folks a little bit about our favorite uh, restaurant.
3: All right. the Costa Inn, 4100 North Point Boulevard, Dundalk, Maryland. Don't they have some great specials there? Uh, yeah, they do. All you do like is go Monday in, night. Yeah, go over there, open the menu, and you'll see them all. <laughs> well, but Monday night is, <laughs> is uh, crab, cake, crab cake, night, cake night. Yes. Tuesday night is, is rib is
2: night. Right. Wednesday night
3: is chicken night. No, no. it's steak steak
2: night. night right. Thursday night is lobster night. Right.
3: And uh, there are specials on the menu every night, but those are particular for the days that Stan just mentioned. Last night on that menu, steak and cake, prime rib. Uh, you know, we should take Brittany out to the Costas Inn one night
2: to celebrate her we new should, job, yeah. and let her grace. and let her pay for it. That's right, with her I, first
3: check. I, I'm, I'm all for that. I love that. I idea. love that idea. I, I, love that idea.
0: I idea. like the idea, other than the money part. Come on, guys.
3: All right, we can take you out. <laughs> we can d- yeah. There. All right. Well, we'll have to hit costs up for a few of those gift <laughs> certificates.
2: <laughs> anyway, 4100 North Point Boulevard, uh, home style, uh, uh, just a
3: family atmosphere there. Great service, attentive. You'll think you were eating at home. That's right. And uh, don't forget, live entertainment, too, throughout the week. Jazz night on Wednesday, good rock and roll did on you Friday. you sing last night? I did not, no, because the Rat Pack was not in. Oh, okay. Rat Pack is in every the first Friday of every month. All right. And before we go to break, let's remind everybody again where we're broadcasting. We're now.
2: broadcasting from the live yeah. Casino Hotel Studios. All right, that's
3: twice this hour. All right, great. <laughs> You're a good man,
2: Craig Ice. Uh, we'll be back with a final word or two on today's program.
6: I like world famous chicken. You like world-famous chicken. We all like Royal Farms' world-famous chicken. Why? Because Royal Farms' world-famous chicken's always fresh, never frozen. Because it's hand-dipped in a secret recipe of herbs and spices. Because it's cooked on the spot, right in the store. And because it's the juiciest, best-tasting chicken on the planet. That's why everyone likes Royal Farms' world-famous chicken. Western fries, too. Real fresh. Real fast. Royal Farms.
4: Respect. It's more than a word. In the U.S. Army, it is one of our core values, earned through selfless service to our nation and making a difference both at home and abroad. On the Army team, respect is earned daily. And now, in addition to earning respect, you may earn up to $40,000 in bonuses if you qualify. To learn more, visit GoArmy.com bonus or call 1-800-USA-ARMY, paid for by the U.S. Army.
7: Visit Buffalo Wild Wings
4: weekdays from 11 to 2 and take advantage of
7: their new 15-minute lunch guarantee or your lunch is free. That's right, free. And with a 15-minute lunch guarantee, that means less time waiting and more time eating delicious B-dubs before you gotta get back to the office. Buffalo Wild Wings, White Marsh, Owings Mills, and Westminster Wings Beer Sports. Available for dine-in orders at participating locations for a limited time. See restaurant for details.
6: Section 336 here with all your Baltimore sports talk. The Raven season is now done. But the Orioles season is just ahead. We have a new GM. We have a new manager. We have a few new baseball players out there. Reason for optimism. I don't know
8: if you can name any of those new players. And I think we won 40-some <laughs> games last year.
6: Yeah, but I remember a terrible year in 1988 where we were able to turn it around the very next year in 1989. Why not 2019? Why yeah. Not? Why not?
8: Why not check out Section 336 at Section336.com, Facebook,
10: or on Twitter and iTunes as well. Just search for Section 336.
2: The latest edition of Press Box is available now on the cover. David Ginsburg profiles new Ravens general manager Eric DaCosta and how he's risen to this opportunity over the last two decades. Plus, Bo Smolka looks back on the career of former Ravens star Haloti Nada, including his off-the-field impact and his chances of reaching the Hall of Fame. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. You can also find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at
4: Pressbox on The Glory Days Grill to go menu is based on a simple reality. You can't spend your whole life at Glory Days Grill. Your boss wouldn't like it. And neither would your kids or your dog. So come to Glory Days and get your food to go. On your way to soccer practice, or to the office, or to, well, wherever. We know the hardest part of visiting Glory Days Grill is leaving. But at least you take a little piece of us wherever you go. Glory Days Grill great food, good sports.
7: Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square is very, very popular, as you've undoubtedly noticed if you've been there recently. Want to skip the lines completely? Download the Chick-fil-A app, and your food will be ready when you get there, but not a minute sooner. Your hot, fresh waffle fries, fresh, never frozen chicken, and ice-cold drinks will be delivered to you when you get there. They'll bring it out to your car, or you can come in and get it without standing in line. Plus, ordering through the Chick-fil-A app earns you reward points that will add up the free stuff and the app remembers what you like so if you like extra pickles then the app remembers if you prefer less ice in your drink the app remembers anytime you customize your order the chick-fil-a app will file it away and remember for your next visit chick-fil-a nottingham square 5198 campbell boulevard if you need help downloading the app ask the nottingham square store owner steve steve can do anything chick-fil-a get the app skip the lines All right, big
2: doubleheader today at Camden Yards. Two. Two for the price of one. That's right. And we urge all of you folks uh, that can and are of such a mind to head out to the ballpark. Again, the doubleheader starts at 4 o'clock. No giveaway that I know of other than extra baseball
3: today. Right. And unfortunately, I'm going to miss it all. All right. I'm going you to got the caps. caps. Yeah,
2: tonight. I'm missing it all too. Because I've got second night of uh, Passover. Okay, but I will be there tomorrow. Will you be there tomorrow? I will be there tomorrow. All right. Uh, don't forget, MLB power rankings are out Monday morning. Uh, we usually release them right around noon, along with a video and written content. Uh, Craig Heist has got the caps game tonight. Uh, the Orioles doubleheader today at 4 o'clock. First game is going to be Dan Straley on the Hill for the Orioles, making his second start. Or is it his third start? It's his third start, third but start. he's coming off the, pro- uh, off the the good start in the Patriots' Boston. day
3: game in Boston, where he went five innings and gave up a run. And he'll go against Jose Barrios
2: yes. of the Twins and a nightcap, which will start 20 25 minutes after game one. Now, Alex Cobb makes his second start. <laughs> That's correct. After a long delay, right. he will start for the Orioles, and uh, Martin Perez, Martin Perez, will start for the but, uh, Minnesota Twins. But
3: Cobb pitched the uh, home opener against the Yankees quite, and was you and know very respectable. Two runs, five hits over five and two thirds. So we'll see. I know he wants to have that split working today. Uh, he says he may not be quite a hundred percent, but he feels like he's good enough to come back and go. And I'm just hoping that. That doesn't set him back some. Let's keep our fingers yes. crossed on that. Uh, the Nats tonight at 6.05. Right.
2: And that is Max, Max Scherzer? Scherzer against... Yes. Uh, I would add. It's yeah. not Wei and Chen.
3: No, it's not Wei and Chen.
2: All right. It's somebody from the uh, Conley, maybe?
3: Uh, well, you not know Dan what? Dan Conley. Let me look real good. quick. All right. It is uh, Max Scherzer against... Against. Uh, against. It's against, a pregnant against. pause. Jose Urena. Ho- Jose-,
2: Jose Urena. Just get out of All it. All right. <laughs> that wraps up the show. Thanks to Brittany Everett for making things go so smoothly. Even Congratulations if she doesn't. on her new job at Maroon PR. She doesn't
3: want to be with us anymore. She just I know that. Yeah, I know. She's counting the, the, she's the minutes counting the
2: today. Yeah. Please get off the air. That's right. All right. Have a great day, everybody. Enjoy your sports weekend. <laughs> Ken Zales and Kyle Ottenheimer tomorrow, 10 to 12. Fantasy and reality football show Monday through Friday. Glenn Clark Radio from 10 to 12. Some exciting news on Tuesday. We'll talk more when we get back this week.
0: Bye.